Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. In fact, uh, the uh, Mirror this morning calls it Octo- Octopore. Octopore. Ireland set to lash by heavy rains. Um, a lot of other places much worse than us, actually, to be quite honest with you. Uh, different parts of the country, but certainly unsettled for the next few days. And they're also giving some flood alerts for parts of the country. Um, here, here we go with COVID-19 and the coronavirus making a lot of front pages this morning. Sports and entertainment-wise, Ireland's soccer stars uh, criticised by Eamon Dunphy and others. The ones that haven't been vaccinated uh, and there's mounting pressure on them to get the jab. Vac of the net is a headline in the mirror today. And meanwhile, professional dancers um, on Dancing with the Stars have been told you need to be vaccinated for a return of the hit show. So we're getting tough on dancers, getting tough on soccer players this morning. But meanwhile, still in all, with 15 days to freedom, thank you very much for our freedom, Ireland's on track to lift to the remaining COVID restrictions uh, on October 22nd. Not, not all of them, though. I mean, I know like a scratch record that, but most of them anyway. Um, apparently, uh, didn't know, but Michal Martin's in Slovenia at the moment and uh, has said... Uh, that um, uh, everything's looking good 15 days to go and all should be well meanwhile of course the consequences of that for healthcare uh, continues to rumble on uh, you, you actually get boggled with the numbers you know with regards to the people who are on waiting lists but actual surgery waiting lists are now up 145% due to COVID according to this morning's examiner in fact on English the examiner this morning was at the uh, food run up at UCC it's the Penny Dinners food run they gave food to um, around about 100 students and many more were turned away because literally they ran out of food. They put a sign up saying UCC Students Union Food Bank, uh, we have run out of food, sorry. Uh, contact welfare officers um, and give a mobile number, which is um, brilliant in one way that they managed to feed so many, but unfortunate in another that they ran out, which is probably indictment of the society we're living in at the moment. So that's a, a story from the examiner this morning. Student food bank empty within minutes. Students were waiting for the food there. Uh, they are telling me, or at least Lana was telling me there when, when the nine o'clock news, uh, that um, it's around about €600 Euro a month now to rent a room in Cork for a student. So they have to find that €600 Euro before they ever look to food or socialising or anything. So that's an insane amount of money just for a bedroom in a house now, €600. Euro. Um, and while I imagine that um, the vast majority of the students are genuinely, maybe even all of them, are genuinely hungry and need that food, uh, of course their plight has been somewhat tarnished in the public's image, or at least sections of the public's image, because of partying and socialising and college road antics and things like that. Uh, but at the same time, I suppose, you know, if, if, if young people are hungry, they need to be fed. Um, and uh, it's an interesting story. Your thoughts on it are welcome. Text 0868104106. Um, James O'Connor says that if he doesn't get a bypass for Castle Martyr and for Killa, that he's lave and fine fall. Don't know where he's going to go, but he certainly said he's going to pack, pick up the tent, pack it away and leave. Now, that could cause a crisis, couldn't it? Uh, certainly for Fianna Fáil, maybe even for the government, if you look at the numbers and crunch the numbers. But meanwhile, they're already in crisis, with the front of the Irish Times this morning saying uh, Sinn Féin are up yet another um, 1% to 32% with regards to who's the most popular in the opinion polls anyway. The most popular um, political party in this country, uh, Sinn Féin, by a mile, 32%. Uh, Fine Gael, 22%, down 5 
Uh, Fianna Fáil, 20%, no change. The Green Party up one and Labour up one. Uh, but Sinn Féin by a mile. Uh, and then on top of that, they also look in the Irish Times this morning at the party leaders' satisfaction ratings. And interestingly enough, uh, Mary Lou MacDonald and Leo Varadkar are tied at 43%. Uh, with Micheál Martin down 8% at 41. Uh, so uh, Mary Lou MacDonald goes up. Uh, Leo Varadkar had a complete collapse, down 13% to 43, so he ties with her. But Micheál Martin down 8%. So it seems as if Sinn Féin continue to do all the right things, or at least say all the right things. Um, and I know I've mentioned this on a few occasions because I think it, it will have a serious impact on Ireland if all of the world has a 15% corporation tax rate, what difference is that going to make to us going forward considering the success we had in the past with 12.5%. I'd love to know why we just didn't go on a solo run like a bit of a UK run on Brexit that we didn't do the same and just keep the 12.5% which was very favourable to companies here and indeed also trying to get companies and employers to come into Ireland. You know the um, you know the, the, the commemoration or the ceremony or celebration call it whatever you want, it's a religious ceremony as such, uh, regarding the 100th anniversary of the partition of Ireland. Michael D. Higgins wouldn't go to it, but it now looks as if somebody from the South will have to go, and I think they're going to ask Simon Coveney to attend, and I believe that he will. And then, of course, we've got the upcoming budget uh, the back end of the month. Interestingly, I think the budget is the Friday of the bank holiday weekend, so you can read into whatever you want there. Uh, but tax hikes would ruin the recovery. So on the one hand, uh, Michal Martin is saying there's something in it for everybody, a bit like the audience of the late, late. Others are suggesting there could be tax hikes. And at the same time, the winter fuel fears uh, because gas prices continue to surge. And with energy costs going up, so will transportation costs and so will food costs. Papers also this morning talk of a new chief super in the city taken over uh, from uh, Barry McPolin, who retires, and good luck to him. Uh, in comes Tom Myers as the new top cop on Leaside, and that's the story uh, from this morning's Echo. And I know Catherine Law, uh, Corliss mentioned this in my chat with her on the air last week. Um, they are prosecuting and charging um, and trying a 100-year-old man who's claimed to be a former Nazi camp guard at the age of 100 will go on trial for murder, multiple murders, at a Nazi concentration camp. Um, and that trial is happening as we speak. Um, papers also this morning talk about the amount of people who have been caught in Ireland with regards to scams. But this is a scam, and these are scams involving love, people who pretend to be looking for love. And unfortunately, would you believe it if I told you that 16 million euro was scammed in Ireland last year? by people preying on vulnerable people looking for romantic love interests. This is just on romance, fake romance alone. 16 million. On average, fraudsters in Ireland caught misfortunes on average to the amount of 18,000 euro each. That's an interesting story. And finally for now, oh, there's a big interest in, in vegan chocolate these days. I hope you're happy to pay three times the price uh, for vegan. Uh, it's a story in the sun today. Cadbury's of a new dairy milk chocolate, full of calories, Full of taste, triple the price because there ain't no milk in it. Probably got almond milk or oat milk or something like that. But the papers also take take a look at uh, how long does it take somebody to buy a house? Well, it could take an awful lot of time legally to do all of the paperwork and get the mortgage and everything. But the actual picking of the house apparently only takes 25 seconds. I don't know if there's even... I don't know if you fall in love with the house at the front gate or do you actually have to get in the door for 25 seconds. But the places... Uh, that sell the house first are the kitchen, followed by the lounge 
and then the bedrooms. But the kitchen's the big money ticket item with regards to somebody falling in love with the house and then buying it. But apparently, in total, it takes 25 seconds for someone to decide whether they love the house or not. You just about get through the hall and into the kitchen. So have a clean hall, right? Have flowers on the kitchen table, fresh coffee brewing, and nothing else matters, right? The Neil Prenderville Show. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Text 0868104106. Can I get straight into calls? A lot of our callers this morning have busy days. And poor old Zoe's very upset. And why wouldn't she be? It was her first car. Zoe, good morning. Morning. Oh, you all right? Hi, yeah. Ah, yeah. Listen, um, a young 19-year-old girl, first car, destroyed by thugs and vandalised. What happened and where? It was out in Toker and I was just driving with my friend in the car and we were collecting her sister and we were just driving around looking for her and there was a group of boys and we were at traffic light. And they, my friend was looking at them thinking it might be her sister yeah. first because we couldn't see. Yeah. And they were just about before we drove off, they started a bit of ketchup on the car. So then we drove over to Little and when we got over there, they came running through the grass after us, like, and we went off the back a Little. But did they have, a, did they have a, um, a plastic bottle of ketchup or something, was it? Yeah. They were obviously up to no good with that, like... Why would a group okay. of boys have... So you drove into Lidl, they ran after you? Yeah, and we went off the back end to, like, get away from them. And we, there was three ways out of, yeah. like, the terrace. Yeah. And, at, like, any time we tried coming out of the terrace, they were all at the end. Or, like, there was a few of them, like, all split up. But then when we did go down, they threw a load of ketchup all over the car. The whole car was covered. And he was like in on my window with the ketchup up to my face, like inside. The and at what stage did they? Yeah, was your window down? No, my All window's right. up. Thank God for that. And what stage did they um, start kicking the car? Um, after the ketchup, a while. Then we drove over I was trying to get a photo of them. Good, but then he just started getting angry and started kicking in the car. Um, that's my friend said, like, and she was terrified. Did I not talk for Yeah, I see it. It's all banged in. It really is all yeah, banged in. You're, very gonna have to, bad. you're gonna have to get that panel beaten, pushed out again, you know. It can be done like you can probably pull it out with yeah, one of those exactly. big panel beaters are big magnets, they might be able to drag it out with a magnet. You need help with that, finding somebody to pull that dent out. And yeah, I've no one to do it. And she probably haven't got the money for it either. She's only nineteen. Did you save up for the car? I know. Um yeah, I did. I was um, yeah. No, you're breaking up there. Pride and joy. Was it like part-time jobs, stuff like that? Yeah, my mum helped me. Ah, mums and dads are great. Yes, your mum helped you. Uh-huh. What, what kind of a car is it? It's a Ibiza. Nice car. How old? Um, it's one three one. Okay. Well, at least thank God it's still driving. But these young fellas, like, how old were they? They were all about seventeen or eighteen. But it was one fella mainly. They were all kind of, do you know what, stuck. But once the violence started, they all backed off and it was just that. Just this character who started kicking in the door panels. Yeah, and he's the only one that's done the catch-up. Idiot. None of the others. They were only shouting stuff. Do you know them? Do you recognise them? Are you from the area? No, I'm never out there. You're not a toker girl? No. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah. And what about the guards then? Clearly you went to Toka Garda Station, did you? Yeah, we did. They, um, they were driving around looking for him and stuff, but 
I made statement. So they'll get back on to me. Now, if you were in the Lidl car park, there will be video footage for that or CCTV, yeah. right? Yeah. What are, what are the guards have the guards asked for that? Yeah, there. I'm waiting on that now back. They were after us now. So they were they were sick. they were what? They requested the CCTV, so that'll just take a few days to come back. So the vast Lidl, yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. don't know what I don't know what'll happen to these fellas if they're underage. You know, it's just a. I know. Yeah. I don't know their age really. Like it's kind of hard to put an age on. You think about sixteen or seventeen. Seventeen. 17. seventeen or eighteen. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It could have been. You know, it's bad enough, but it could have been a lot, lot worse. I know, I could have, like, that could have been elderly, you know, like, who could have happened to me? Absolutely right, well said. It could have been somebody else who would have got an awful shock or a fright or a heart yeah. attack or crashed. I know, yeah. like, you could have. Like, I just stopped the car, it was fair. Yeah, you did the right I thing. Know, yeah, you did the right yeah. thing. You know, nothing seems. I just really enough, so I know nothing seems to nothing seems to be safe anymore. You know, the more we go around, I know, the more we I hear actually, these. I'm afraid to go out with my hair by my own. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen. Let's get the panel. What are you in school, college, working, or what? College. Yeah. Are you in what UCC, CIT, school of com? Uh, college com. Okay. Good for you. All right. So you wouldn't have a whole lot of money to be repairing cars and that. Yeah, I yeah. know. And you, you wouldn't want to be affecting your insurance either, she wouldn't? No, yeah. I I mean, I don't know why it would take so long. They tell me that the CCTV from Lidl could take up to a week. I think it, it's a pity it's not faster than yeah, that, Yeah, that's it? what I heard. I mean, surely, be, like if there was an assault in the car park, surely be to God they'd get the video footage faster than a week. Yeah, I know. No, yeah, no. that's true. I don't know, really. All right. Well, listen... Listen, if there's a panel beater that wants to pull out that panel for you, let's see if we can do it. They might get in touch with me. I'll let you know, all right? Okay, so thanks so Hopefully much. Hopefully the cops will be able to see the faces of these characters and bring yeah, them in for questioning. Yeah, he's been hiding their faces the whole time until the end. Then he came over with his, a mask on his face. And in the, the, ca- in the car park? Yeah. But his face, you could see it anyway. Do you know when he was running through the grass? That was towards little. Yeah, but we want to see his face in Lidl, you know. Maybe he was too cute to know that the car park might. We'll see. Well, let's see what the video footage comes up with anyway. It's disgusting. It's disgusting, though, the people who who work hard, study hard and save hard can be treated like that. But listen, let's see if we can get a, let's see if we can get it sorted, get a panel beater. It's not, it's not a big job, so don't worry about it too much, Zoe. Yeah, yeah. At least they didn't smash the wing mirrors or smash the glass or the windscreen. I know. Thank God they didn't. All right. Okay. I'll be back to you. All right. Okay, so thanks, Mary. Take it easy. She's a lovely girl, Zoe. Anybody wants to help her out, it would be great. She's just a young girl with her own car, her first car. And if we can give her a dig on, on that, I think it would be a good thing. Text 0868104106. Talking about neighbourhoods, you see that story in the papers today. <clears throat> it's got to be absolutely 100% wrong. They come up with the 20 coolest city districts in the world. So this would be a district where people live within a city. And there's 20 of them. And Cork doesn't get into the top 20. In fact, it doesn't get listed at all. No suburb of Cork or no inner city area where people live in Cork. But a place called Dublin 8 does. I don't know anything about the different zones in Dublin. Perhaps there's somebody listening to me from Dublin who could tell me what Dublin 8 is like. Would you mind getting in touch? Text 0868104106. Come on the air and tell us what in the name of God is so great about Dublin 8. Is it full of hipsters, millennials, uh, woke people? Nothing wrong with them, I suppose. Um, you know, you know coffee, coffee, bar, coffee uh, restaurants, 
baristas. What else have they got up there? Apparently what you have to have to get into the top 20 coolest cities in the world is the essence and charm of a neighbourhood with fun, food, culture and community. And we've got that on both sides of the river. Not a bother at all. We were chatting about it this morning, actually, before we uh, came on air. And we came up with the decision that St. Luke's would fit the bill. You know, St. Luke's was clearly Douglas would, but I got voted down with regards to Douglas. And But St. Luke's probably would, wouldn't it? I think we need to find out first, though, what Dublin 8 is about, and then we can come back and visit it. So anybody please explain to me what's so great about Dublin 8. Pat Carey, Crash Repair, good morning. How are you, my friend? Were you listening to poor old Zoe in her first car? I was indeed, I was indeed. Young 19-year-old girl going to college, she saved up, her mum chipped in and she got herself a, a car. A zero, I think it's a zero three. Oh, what, actually, what is it? Let me find out. Zoe, what is it again? What? What is it, Zoe? No, she's uh, not there. What, yeah, the other, it's a what? I said Ibiza. Yeah, what year? What year? A 131. A 131. Fair play to you. So it's fairly modern. Is she... She wants to call up to us there, uh, Pat Kelly Quinn. We're up in uh, Trusty Business Park. Uh, we look after the phone. Did you look at the photograph, Pat? Oh, I didn't. I just, I just hold her on the radio. Right. You know, there's, there's an awful lot of that going on at the moment, you know. In what way? Mm-hmm. Yes, it's good. People banging into cars and driving away and stuff, you know. And then, um, you know, they, they go to the guards. The guards go in and get the CCTV video, do not it, you know. So, I don't know what... The world up with this halt. It's, it's, it seemed weird that it would take up to a week. Um, so you're busy yeah. then, are you? What tipping? What tipping? And you, you, know, you said tipping. there's a lot of people hitting cars and driving off, is it? There is, there is. There was a terrible accident over in Cathedral Road there last week. There was actually two on the same day, you know? Um, oh my God. Is that the one that I saw speeding down the road that yeah. flipped? Yeah, that's the one you saw, yeah. Are they okay, incidentally, the people that were in that car? Sorry? Were, are they okay, the person or people who were in that car that flipped, do you know? Well, the way of the air, like as I said, I wouldn't be 100% sure on that, but you know. Yeah, but that hit other cars, didn't it? I don't think it hit no other car. It actually hit the pillar. God. It hit a wall, of course, hit a wall, and it actually flipped up over another car, do you know? Flipped over so, it then? Yeah, over the car. I'll tell you something, if there had been anybody up there walking or pushing a buggy, it would have been game over. Oh, game over, game account. Anyway, listen, this panel, this panel, our panels, they're kicked in, so I think you've got some sort of a magnet, pull them, pull them out, have you? Yeah, if it was that easy, you know, I wouldn't be talking. <laughs> I, I, I thought you had a big map. <laughs> I'd be over in Balbeard. Is it a bit more complicated than that then, Pat, it is? It's not that easy at all. It's, you know, it's not that easy. The colours, all the, the new colours coming out is all different. Um, <laughs> there might be a kink in the door. I'm not quite sure. I thought you got a big, huge ma- magnet. You put it up onto the panel, then three or four of you pulled it for all your worth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like that, all right, yeah. No, you see them ones on YouTube there, like, you remember the bumpers and the, 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 the kettle of oil and water? That, yeah, that yeah. Or that maybe you see it done in cartoons on television, maybe, not yeah. in the real world. Quite honest, we, we have dealt with a lot of people here and they've come up with a lot, a lot of good answers, you know? <laughs> like, but none of them are right, like. They all, they all say to you, sure, it's a tiny job, it won't cost me much, or it won't. 
Well, they show you the, the, the show you the small one first, and then they show you the big one on the other side. <laughs> No. All right. Well, listen. Uh, listen. She's in good hands anyway. You'll get that yeah. bumper, that look, kick out of the door. Um, look, we we look at the situation and look, we see can we progress through the gap and what the situation is. You know. All right. Okay. Zoe. Yeah. Will you go? Will you go and see Pat Kerry uh, Quinn crash repair Churchfield Business Park? We'll give you the details and they'll take a look at that for you. Yeah, thanks so much. Not at all. You're lovely. Thank you so much. I know. Look after yourself, Zoe. Cheers. Take Thank care. You. All right. Listen, Pat. Great. Well done. Listen, come back to me when you've got uh, when you've got a plan. All right. No problem. Thanks for your support. Cheers. Well done. Take care of yourself, uh, Pat Kerry Quinn. Crash repair, Churchfield Business Park. Sorting Zoe, Zoe out. Job done. Back after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Yes, indeed. Uh, I want to give this the time that it deserves because I got a very um, upsetting email came in there uh, the last few days. Uh, please don't give my, my details on air, but I need help from my teenager. She started counting calories and excessive exercising. She has lost a lot of weight and is continuing to do so. I've been up to the GP and I'm being put on waiting lists for my child. Could we please find out if there's anywhere in Cork that deals with this, even privately. At this point, is there any help or psychologist that your listeners could advise as I'm at my wit's end and I don't know where else to turn to? I appreciate, appreciate any help or advice from your listeners. Um, now, one part of that uh, email says she lost a lot of weight, continuing to do so, counting calories and excessively exercising. So clearly they're warning signs to ma'am. And she says that the GP, her GP, has said that um, she needs to go and get t- treatment for it, but there is a waiting list. So clearly the HSE have a service available with regards to people with eating disorders, but there's, a, as usual, a, a waiting list. So many people then have to flip privately. But anyway, that's that's the crux of the story. Um it's very interesting, actually, because I was doing a lot of, uh, you know, researching and, and Googling on this again over the past couple of days. And uh, it's quite alarming uh, the amount of help there is online, particularly for girls who want to lose weight, excessive amounts of weight uh, for girls who are anorexic um, or bulimic or indeed have issues with regards to their body image. There is a lot of help for them, not the right kind of help now, the wrong kind of help. There's an awful lot of encouragement online from other people telling them that they're an inspiration or as they call it nowadays, a thin spiration. Erin uh, O'Reilly is the clinical manager at the Eating Disorder Centre in Cork and joins me by phone. Erin, good morning. Good morning. Um, thanks so much for taking Hi. the call. Uh, I'm actually referencing a thing called Go Ask Anna. I may come back and chat to you about that in a few minutes time. Are you aware of that website? I am. Are, are you speaking to me? It's Erin here from the Eating Disorder Centre in Cork. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Oh, yes. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Um, I am. I heard of it, but I don't know that much about it, to be honest. I would advise, um, you, to go, I'd advise you to go and take yeah. a look at it. It is absolutely yeah. frightening. You have interaction between lots of different girls who are comparing their weight loss. Uh, I can give you some examples of it. Uh, I just yeah. lost a pound and a half overnight. I feel like this is the greatest news ever. I want to share it with my best friend or my boyfriend, but I know they're going to be concerned. I can't tell them that I only ate 420 calories yesterday. Uh, here's another one. I've only eaten 420 calories today. My willpower is back, B-I-T-C-H. I feel like I'm on cloud nine. I feel like I can take on the world. I've cut from a thousand calories a day 
to 420 calories a day. Let's do this. What do you make of that? Oh my God, it's, it's very sad. It's, it's, um, it's shocking, actually. Uh, besides sad, it's shocking. People trying to will their lives away, trying to shrink, trying to disappear from life, really, you know. Mm-hmm. Because this only ends up in one place, and that is hospital or, you know, very ill health. And then the lucky ones, you know, recover if they get help. Another one here. Very sad. Anyone anyone else get to the point where the hunger just doesn't even matter anymore? Like it truly feels good now to hear your own stomach growl. I know. I know. And that's what we have coming into our centre every day of the week, you know. Tell me, who do you have coming in every day of the week? So we have, we're here in um, Pemrose House, Pemrose Key, where the Eating Disorder Centre. And um, we were set up here back in 2008 by two parents who, um, there was no facilities in Cork for eating disorders. They had to bring their children up to Dublin for treatment. So they set up this, um, our centre in 2008, um, just on a very small ad hoc basis, and it grew and grew. Um, So every day we have people who are anorexic, we have people with food, all types of food disorders. Yes, you actually you list anorexia, bulimia, or I want you to explain yeah. what orthorexia is to me, binge eating, comfort eating and more. Yes, orthorexia would be um, where people are just would eat clean food. You know, it's, it's an obsession, it's another obsession of the mind. And people will only eat food that are, is grown from the ground or, you know, in cl- totally clean food. Um, and can that, can that become a disorder? Diet. Can that become a disorder in itself? It, it can become, it would depend. If, you're, if your diet is, you know, you're getting all your nutrients and all your, your calories and your iron and everything else you need, then that is just fine. But a lot of times these new diets or the new fads that come up, that, you know, their protein could be lost or, you know, iron or things like that. So it's it's a tricky one, you know. If you have a proper dietitian to help you along, you know, that's okay. It's just we work with people when disordered eating becomes an obsession. And there are many different forms of that disordered eating that can turn to obsession. And uh, anorexia, anorexia is very prevalent, particularly amongst the young age group and particularly amongst young girls. Is that who you're seeing most of? It is, and I did hear you at the beginning um, saying, girls, girls, we have a lot of boys coming in here too. Thank you, thank you. And we have a lot of transgender, and we have we have got, you know, our, our clients range from age 10 to age 80, and they can be, you know, all different genders. It's not just girls, and I think that's a misconception people have, that eating disorders are strictly with girls, you know, and it's not that way. Um, has it been? It, has it been the, in general? You know, yeah, it can be any walk of life, any age group, yes. yeah, and, and any sex. But uh, have you found that maybe the last eighteen months? I think you described it as a surge in eating disorders yes. since the pandemic. Why yes. would that be? Well, in, from my from what I get from my clients and their parents and from people coming in here, it seems to be a combination. Number one, loneliness. Number two, isolation. Number three, moving back home, maybe when they weren't wanting to move back home. 
for the family being very much involved in their everyday living and maybe picking up on signs that would have gone unnoticed. Um, five would be, I guess, parents also working from home. And it's like a pressure pot, a lot of houses, you know. You've got a lot of people living together under one roof and in back in the family home and things come up, you know. Um, but loneliness and isolation really are, are the toughest ones for people with eating disorders. Loneliness and isolation? And isolation. Uh, would that Would that yeah. be leading to uh, binge eating maybe and comfort overeating maybe? Um, it would. Yeah, okay. It would. And it, 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 could, it could go anywhere really, you know, it, from, you know, as we know, it affects everyone's mental health. We've all been um, affected by the pandemic in different ways, but I think eating disorders for some reason has just risen exponentially, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, oh yeah. I, I we mean, went I... from from having, just say, we in our books we had about 70 clients all the time, and now we have 150. We've got 20 on the waiting list, and we've got 20 that have done assessments and are waiting on therapists. So that's, and we're maxed out. But I also heard that you're also, on top of all of that, you then continue to get 25 calls a day from people in distress. Yes, we do. We do. Um, You're completely swamped. We're swamped. We are swamped. But you know what? It's good that people are reaching out. We have to always look for the positive, you know. It's good that people are reaching out. It's good that they're coming in here they can recover and, and accessing other services as well. You know, the HSC have got very good services. Waiting lists though, um, waiting lists. Yeah. I know, I so know. So how could it be deemed lists. as being a good service if, if people can't get their children into the system? I know, I know. We're, we're as a country, we're, we're kind of, we're overwhelmed by the pandemic, I think, you know, and what it brought. Um, we I, didn't expect this yeah, and yeah. I guess, you know, our resources are, are low. Now, this, this ma'am, um, says that her daughter has started counting calories, um, yes. is excessively exercising and is losing a lot of weight and continuing to do so. Uh, these are warning signs, are they? They're warning signs, they are. So kind of the warning signs we look out for, becoming obsessive about food, um, changing behaviour, distorted beliefs about their body, uh, exercising excessively, um, skipping off to the toilet after meals, um, struggling to concentrate in school and, you know, various things like that. That would be, there would be some of the signs we would be looking out for. Okay, yeah. And, yeah. Okay, and what triggers it? Because um, I've, I've referenced this in the past that social media has a lot to do with it. Uh, and we, of course, heard some... Um, really, really strong evidence uh, out of uh, Washington two days ago by a a Facebook whistleblower where they were saying that she said that Facebook um, intentionally targets young people's body image uh, and intentionally damages their Um, self-esteem. Is it what they're seeing online? Yes. Well, do you know what? It's a combination, to be honest, Neil. What they're seeing online, it doesn't help. Um, A lot of these calorie counting apps don't help. Um, they may help some people, but they don't help anyone struggling with an eating disorder. You know, those numbers, calories, counting, any kind of counting really puts terrible pressure in, on the person. Um, also, I would say the most, the thing that people come in here and when I ask them what, you know, what triggered this would be for some reason they lost a bit of weight. Maybe they had a cold or they had something, you know, an illness. Yeah. And people commented, oh, my God, you're looking great. You're looking fantastic. 
and that triggered something in them. And is that a common is that a common response to the question you asked, Gizzard? That would be a common yeah. response. Yeah. That would be a common response. Um, other than that, it could be family or carers' concern. It could be a comment you know, that somebody made, perhaps. Comment? Oh, you're putting on yeah. a bit there. Oh, listen, you got a little yeah. chubby tummy. Yep. Family members, peers, yep, bang, that's it. And, you know, we find the people that come into us um, are, you know, fabulous. I I love them. Do you know, we have a great, we have great clientele and we've got a great team here. But their confidence is so low and self-esteem and they're quite wounded and very sensitive. So making a comment like that, would make all the difference. Yes, I know. Maybe somebody else could brush it off, but if you're sensitive about your weight or if you have any concerns about your body image or just yourself in general, that'll make a huge impact on you. And I think the younger generation are more conscious about everything nowadays, including their body image, aren't they? Very much so. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they comment on each other very freely too, you know, without thought of how this can affect the other person. You know, when you look yeah. at anorexia as a disorder, yeah. is it a disorder or is it a, is it a disease? Is it an illness? In the sense that uh, uh, don't pe- many people with anorexia see their body differently, don't they? They yeah. they yeah. they don't see that they're stick thin or skeletal. Sure, they don't. When they look yeah. in the mirror, they don't no. actually see that. No, you're right. They don't. They see a distorted version of themselves a lot. Uh, the, 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 the bar is out on whether it's a disorder or whether it is an addiction or what it is. It's different. Every year it comes out, it's different. Um, it could be a disorder or it could be an addiction, you know. Um, different models have different approaches. Um, we just treat every individual as an individual when they come here. Everyone comes with a different story. Everyone needs different treatment. The one size fits all doesn't go in here. We treat everyone kind of as, you know, with respect. And we look at the family situation. We bring families in, you know, so it's kind of all encompassing, really, what we do here. We don't, you know, just have this model and say, you know, you do that and that's you sorted, you know. So we take it case by case, really. really. But you see, I'm looking at this yeah. this ma'am who says uh, that she's very, very worried and is looking for help and there's a waiting list within the HSE, according to her GP. Uh, the yeah. mother knows this is an issue. Her daughter's counting calories and excessively exercising and has lost loads of weight. So the mother is looking for help for her daughter. But, but, yeah. is the daughter looking for help? I know. I know that's the thing. Do you know what often happens? Often... A person could come in with their parent here for an assessment and they may be very nervous. They don't want to come in. But when they come in for an assessment and they have a chat and they see what's involved, they do come back, you know. I'd say 99% of the people we assess do come back. They, You know, I think it just takes the fear, the fear of just coming in, um, the fear, like, you know, just talking. They... We find a lot of our clients just need to be heard. Yeah. And, and if that's it, what we're there for. If, if it can't be reversed, though, this, yes. can kill, this can kill you, can't it? It can lead oh, to organ gosh. failure, right? Very serious. Very serious. And then I suppose we liaise with the GP and we liaise with the dietitian. So if the BMI goes under a certain weight, you know, it goes under a certain number, the GP then will... Um, advise hospitalisation and maybe refeeding, 
you know, which is quite traumatic. But some people do need that, you know, to, to stay alive. If they can really. be caught on time without, but yeah. it is doing um, untold damage to the body, isn't it? Oh, untold damage to the body, yeah. And, uh, and I heard as well, just reading on some background into your clinic, that you have A&Es ringing you, doctors ringing you, nurses yes. ringing you, who are distraught yes. because they can't take people into the hospitals because they're stretched already. Yeah, that's exactly dentists, true. Dentists are calling you because they're picking yes. up problems with people's teeth from eating disorders. Yes, yes. We are getting it from everywhere, which is great. And we're so welcome. You know, it's great to, to see that people are reaching out and we're trying to kind of get rid of the stigma and shame around eating disorders and leave it be a conversation and bring it out there and leave people call us, you know. So we, we do individual therapy, as you know, with, with um, our clients. How do you turn them around? How do you turn around a person who's eating 300 or 400 calories a day? I know. This is, uh, so as I say, everyone is individual and everyone needs different a different type of therapy. So what we do here is we do individual therapy, CBT, CBTE. We do DBT, family therapy, compassion focused therapy, EMDR for trauma, psychoeducation. And what we, we would like to do, you know, would be to have a psychoeducation sessions for young people before pretreatment. Because sometimes... You know, someone doesn't need full treatment. Psychoeducation might go a long way. And that's to educate the young person about exactly what's going on with their body, what's going on with them, you know, before any one-on-one treatment. So just to go over the educational side of it, you know. Okay, so you have... you have people click on that, it works, you know. Well, you certainly have the tools and indeed you have the therapies to help. Do you you ever then have people coming back after they've turned their life around and they're eating well again and they've put on a reasonable amount of weight and they, and they come back and you see them again? Yes, we do, all the time. Um, so clients may come and they may go, they might come around Christmas time back for a few sessions because it might be a stressful time. They're going home to their families or they're under stress. They may come at different times, like starting college, and then they mightn't come again for another few months. This, this can happen at any time. Or some people just come back and say, thank you. Yeah. You know, and yeah. this is lovely, lovely, you know. Um, it's very sad when you hear of a 10-year-old coming into a clinic, isn't it? It's so sad. A 10-year-old. So we treat everyone with the same amount of respect and an honour that you would anyone coming in, you know. A 10-year-old is as valid as an... Oh, I know, but isn't it? I'm sure I know. I'm not saying that. I just think it's very sad at such a young age to have issues like that. It's so sad. It's so sad, um, Neil, really. I suppose in the schools, this should be part of the curriculum from a young age, from primary school, really, you know, Um, because it's it's huge. And I think the reason that it's it's only kind of coming out now, it's because it was so hidden for so long and so shameful and so... You know, but I think the pandemic has forced it out into the public domain, which is the good thing. And would you be in a position to, to chat with this mother and perhaps see if there's Certainly. anything to be done with, with her daughter, perhaps? Or actually, oh, I, to be I'm, honest with you, yeah, it is her daughter. I just wondered whether it was a boy or a girl. It's, little, it's, it's her daughter, a teenage daughter. Yeah. I certainly would. I would chat. To, I chat to everyone. She says, "I'm know? at my wits' end, and I don't know where to turn to." Any help? Um, yeah. I see texts and emails coming in, and it so there might be help there. But it would be good if you could talk to her as a professional. Oh, you know, 
Please, yes, of course. Um, and Emer has all of my details, um, so she can call me directly. Emer has my direct line. Thank you. So that is um, absolutely no problem. And if anyone wants to email me directly, I'm Erin at edcc.ie. Okay, listen, uh, great great um, to chat with you and uh, well done on your very, very important service that you offer. Uh, The website is www.eatingdisordercentrecork.ie and I'll give out the phone number if you don't mind and, uh, and, and we can maybe see if we can help that mother and daughter, okay? Thanks so much, Neil. Cheers, Aaron. Thanks for taking the call. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye now. Aaron O'Reilly is the clinical manager at the Eating Disorder Centre in Cork on 453-9900-453-9900. Your texts are welcome on this. Text 0868104106. I see him coming in already. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Uh, Please give that mum my mobile if she would like to ring me. My daughter has had this mental illness. It's not just about food and it's going on since she was 10 years old. She's 19 now. We have been to hell and back and my heart breaks for this mother. Uh, Thank you. I have your mobile number here and we will pass it on. Uh, I know what that mum is going through. My own daughter is almost four years into her battle with this horrible illness and still not out the other side due to her age. She's 16 and how private she is about her illness. I'm not in a position to go on air as I feel it would trigger her more. It's such a sensitive subject, especially in this house. I hope you understand. I do understand 100%, but thank you for your email nonetheless. I mean, the amount of stuff online really is just a complete disgrace. Um, As to why Go Ask Anna is even um, allowed uh, as a platform online is beyond me. Like, there's a lot of my, I've gotten to the point where I feel nauseous every time I eat, like physically nauseous. Also, my hunger cues are completely gone now. I know that this is probably a bad thing, but it actually makes me feel so happy. It's like my body is helping me not to eat. Uh, another person then says, I went from a size 7 to a size 1, and the worst part of it is I still feel fat. I mean, isn't that beyond sad? Another girl says, it feels so good when I go to bed hungry. And I think I saw one here um, somewhere yesterday that said, I wish I could sew my effing mouth shut. Very disturbing. Text 0868104106. I've had a problem with my weight. I'm a male in my mid-30s. I was six foot four, 160 to 165 pounds. I've tried for years to put on weight with no luck and it's very hard to find help because everyone wants to be skinny. I want to put on weight to look healthy even though I am healthy. I just need to put on weight. So it's interesting looking at it from the other perspective. Also, uh, sign the girl up to a gym with a health and fitness coach who also is a nutritionist. They can teach her about fueling her body with the right foods and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. That's a good point, Nicola, because her daughter is already over-exercising. So that could be something that the mother could maybe, you know, manifest, if you like. Say, listen, is he exercising a lot? Why don't we get you into a gym and get you proper health and fitness coaching, you know, with regards to weights and, you know, get you aerobically fit and get you into cross-training and fitness. And they'll also work on your nutrition. That could be a way of turning the corner. Anyway, there's a lot of those texts, and I'll come back to them after 10. So do text 0868 I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 
Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Just with eating disorders, uh, many people are reaching out who have been through similar, or either been through or going through uh, similar situations to that mother. It's very sad, but when they look in the mirror, no matter how slim they are, they still think they look fat. I had a family member with the same problem, and it is totally heartbreaking. It's so hard to get them to eat. She was in hospital a few times, and she never saw that she had a problem. They will eat even in hospital when people are not looking and they will try and get rid of the food that they have eaten, even in hospital. My family member did it for five years. She was in and out of hospital. She's fine now. It's very hard to get through to them, though. There is help there. I can't remember where she went for help. She's married now. The turning point for her was when she started to put on weight and found out that she was pregnant. She never looked back. Uh, She did get a lot of help in hospital, though. If you ask your local GP, they'll advise you. Uh, where to go for help and make appointments for your daughter to see someone. It's heartbreaking to watch them. It affects the entire family. I hope you get some help soon because there is light at the end of the tunnel. It takes time, though. Uh, There wasn't very much when my sister had it, but there's a lot more help now. Yes, thank you for that. But the help, really, within the HSE scenario is a waiting list. Uh, And there's more. All I can think of is the mental health services, maybe to help, but they're certainly now a magic fix Depending on how things go, it could be a long, tough journey for you and your daughter. If you could knock it on the head before it gets too bad, then that's going to be the best solution. Talking, communicating clearly with your child, making it clear to her that she doesn't need to be fast uh, or ultra slim. And make sure there's no bullying in her life. Check for that, either within her school or from anyone else. And just two more. Siobhan says, firstly, don't make an issue of it with her or argue about food. That will only make it worse. I remember as a teen, all my friends were trying different diets. It's an age thing that passes for most. The amount of calories we counted was just a phase. But just keep an eye and don't say anything as you may make things worse and make it into something that it's not. And a final one. As sad as this sounds, asking for help has to come from your daughter. I've been there personally. I counted calories, I skipped meals, I ate once a day, I exercised excessively, and eventually I asked for help, and I got it. Now, having said that, that didn't stop my mom getting help as well, getting help as well to help me. She would start making me sit down at mealtimes with her, for instance. She would make snacks she knew I couldn't say no to. Uh, But this is all about control, or at least it was for me. So something has made her lose control. And she's getting it back this way. Please don't get too upset with her. That will only make it worse. Don't acknowledge any weight loss. Don't acknowledge or comment on any weight gain. Try and get her into your GP. Keep making appointments. Keep ringing. Keep hassling. Uh, best of luck, says Neve. Selection of text to 0868-104-106. So keep them coming. Um, we have a story to share. You can email neil at uh, redfm.ie. Yesterday... Um, thank you to those that texted regarding Anthony and his beautiful wife, Mary, who died at the age of uh, 49, nearly 50. In fact, she'll be 50 at the weekend and they are proceeding with uh, her birthday on uh, on the weekend. And he told a really lovely, heartbreaking story, but a beautiful story of love on air yesterday. And part of the story actually um, dealt with after after there was no hope for Mary uh, and she was passing away. They discussed with the family organ donation, and that prompted a call from Claire. Claire, good morning. Good morning, Neil. So you obviously heard Anthony's story, sad and all as it was. It was still very touching and moving. Oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. I just said, you know, the, the emotion and everything in his voice, and I actually was at Mary's funeral mass. 
Oh, you knew, you knew Mary, did you? I, I did. I Mary's family are from the same road as me. I know, I know. And, um, like, it was just devastating, like, when I heard that she had passed. At 49. After the, after the funeral mass, I spoke to her uncle, and she actually he actually told me that they donated her organs. Yes, and yeah. Anthony was saying yesterday that she lives on anyway in their minds and their spirit, and she's with them always. But she lives on in another way as well, in the sense that her organs have saved lives. Oh, definitely, because I had I had so I have two sons that have a kidney disease, and one had a game. I will never forget the the day that he got a call for the transplant, and he was rushed to Dublin, and he got the organ, the kidney, and. From the day, from the minute they put it in, it worked, and he had it seventeen and year, seventeen and a half years, and unfortunately he passed um, uh, nearly eleven years ago. No, but it was nothing to do with the kidney. It was he died from adult sudden death. Oh, for God's sake, Claire! Yes, but like he, I mean, he literally just one day, hale and hearty, with no known issues, just dropped dead. Yes. Went out for a walk, yes. But like what I'm, what I'm ringing actually about is that, you know, for those seventeen and a half years, the life that Gavin had in comparison to when he was on dialysis was just fantastic. He just went from a very slight, thin person to kind of a man overnight. He was twenty when he got got the transplant, and he went on to work and he had did very physical work. He'd worked for Nafros and he travelled all over Europe. He drove big trucks and that was as a direct result of kidney or organ donation. And what was his life like before the organ? Like how old was he when he got the transplant? 20. And what was his life like up to then? Confined to a machine three days a week. For long periods of time each time? Four, four and a half hours roughly, yeah. Four and a half hours three times a week? A week, yes. And he was trying to do school and um, his exams. And then he, he got the call and it just changed him. From the minute they put the kidney in, it changed his life. And could you see an immediate improvement? Oh, straight away. In a matter of straight like away. days, is it? Even in his colour. And then he started putting on weight. And he went on to work, as I say, very physical work. And he couldn't, never would have... He couldn't even run at the end, you know. He went back um, playing football and he went on to train the lads in Temple United and it was just a new lease of life. Was there a period of time after the transplant when you and, and Gavin and the family were waiting to see if it would be rejected or not or whether it would work? Um, or did you yes, know straight but away? From day, but from the day that he got it, Neil, he never, was Gavin, he never had a problem. So you he knew it was drug, working. Yeah. It worked. It was different with my second son. He he got the call in the middle of the night, and he we rushed him up. He had his two years, but it was kind of different um, for him. It was kind of iffy from day one. Yeah, yeah. and he is had he two still, years. So he's is he back on an organ donor list to get waiting list again? He now? is. He is. He's twenty years now back on dialysis. 20 years since the yes. since the first transplant since the since he had he got he was 20 as well when he got transplanted yeah. and at 22 he rejected and 
if he's still on dialysis now and so he'd be 43 next week. So for that 20 years, is he is he going for dialysis three times three a week? Three times a week, yes. Four hours a time? Yes. But do you know what, what I was saying? Like with people, when their loved ones die, and like, do you know, they're so generous that they, they're thinking of others. Isn't he a long time, though, on the waiting list? He is because he developed antibodies, so he's kind of a high-risk transplant. So where we're at at the moment, um, we're on a paired exchange. What's that? It's So it's that I'm not a match to Gareth, but I'm put on a list with him in, in Coventry, and I donate to somebody, and they don't they be matched their family member be a match to Ah, yes, I see. Yeah, it's kind of like so, a priority, if you like. But were, yeah, you, but were you saying that people, the donors pull out and the transplants get cancelled? What Was well, that because we, of COVID? We, we, we were matched on the 14th of February 2019 and it was cancelled over COVID because we couldn't, we couldn't go to England or anything like that. So all transplants were cancelled at the time, especially live donors because they can't risk a healthy kidney. That's very disappointing, and then, isn't it? Yeah, and then we were matched again on the, the 21st of August. No, sorry, the 21st of Ju- or the 31st of July, and we travelled over to Coventry on the 21st of August. Yeah. And we were actually in the hospital, and one of the donors pulled out. Now, how it was happening was there was somebody very generous now, like Anthony with Mary, but this is a live donor. They walked in off the street with nothing to gain to donate a kidney. Yes. And they were a match to somebody, and their family member was to give it to Gareth. And I was to give to somebody that was coming off the deceased donor list. Yes. And one of the donors pulled out. Not the person that walked in off the street, the other person. I know, yeah. There was different links in the chain that had to match yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's, like, normally there could go six people if doesn't they make sure they get... So you went all the, the way right. to Coventry to be disappointed? In the hospital. I was going for my pre-ops and my son was to go in and have... Um, he was actually going in for the treatment because he needs treatment for antibodies. So you were giving a kidney to another person and then that another person within that family. Donor. Yeah. yeah, they was were being taken off the deceased donor. They could be waiting a long time now and they were actually being taken off the deceased donor list to get a live donor instead. So two so people were, were disappointed. disappointed as well. Yes, yeah. I know. I follow yeah, so you 100%. That journey home was a long journey. So you always waiting and is your son always waiting for a phone call? A phone call, yes. Like, I mean... I, as I said, like listening to Anthony yesterday and he prays in the COH and I can honestly say that they do tremendous work in the dialysis unit because I've experienced it since the boys were young. And, you know, I just would like to thank them and to thank Anthony and his family because um, when I was at that funeral mass the other morning, it was absolutely beautiful. And to see them as a family and... As I say, I know the family and I mean, where I live actually, very close to where Mary's family home is, there's actually two people that are transplanted on that road. No way. And they're going on, one person is 12 years and I know they won't mind me saying it and that was the second transplant and like they're living on and living proof to the family that it works, organ donation works. I'm very sorry to hear about Gavin. Um, I really am. Yeah. That's a heartbreaking story you tell about your son. 
but um, your, your other son, he, he's he's like 18 or 19 years now, just waiting for that phone years, call. years now on dialysis yeah. and waiting. Yeah. But and it, he's, it, it, he's still on the feast donor list. Yeah. But like... But is he, he too, is he too weak and sick like to work or to, to exercise? Well, he is, or, yeah. Yes. He has, they see that he's on dialysis during the day and, you know, and he has... Um, see, he's, on, he's still on the deceased donor list. But because he needs treatment for the antibodies, it's only done in Coventry. I know. I hope so he gets the phone call. That we're on the paired exchange. So we're back in for matching on the, thir- on the 26th of October. So hopefully, if he's matched, it'll be third time lucky. Well, you know, lo- people would love to hear if that's the case. So do do come back and oh, update I will, us. Of course, I will, of course. And and shouldn't, I mean, do we all... I, didn't, I'm sure that I ticked boxes. Might have been for my driving license to be an organ donor. Did, how do we go about... Did, is that what I did? Well, yeah, I certainly, I certainly ticked like something. An opt, an opt, like I think myself, the opt in and opt out is is a is a great thing because, like, if you, I mean, a lot of people carry donor cards, and I mean, they are still available. But I think with the license now, you can you can tick it. And I mean, for everybody, I think myself, not because it's just my children, but like, you do live on. Oh, I certainly, I certainly ticked a box somewhere to be an organ donor anyway. Yes, because, I mean, like, as I said, my my son, like, he travels. My other boy can't do anything, really. I mean, he can't I know, sure, how can he? He's no energy, sure, and he has dialysis. But, like, the way Gavin lived on, and that family now would know Gavin, would have known Gavin, and they'd known the way he... Like he'll have, like the way he was able to play football and after the transplant, and just to say like that, people like Anthony and Mary's family, that you know, when they're in such like they're grieving so much that they're actually thinking of others. That's right. I'd say and that's the mark of the family. Their loved ones, yes. their loved ones do live on in others. Anthony's a lovely you know? man. Yeah, and listen. Yeah. Hopefully everything will work out. Do come back and let us know I if there's an update. You're so good. Thanks, Claire. Thanks, Neil. All the best. Good luck to you and your son. John, good morning. Hello, how are you? You got to go to college, so I won't keep you long, but just ahead of the ad break, we were just talking about eating disorders. You sent an interesting text. Share your thoughts with me. Yeah, so basically I've been waiting for the last couple of years and um, there's mostly a lot of, say, people of all ages, men, women, healthy people who, you know, know, they come out for a nice meal. And a lot of people are kind of even struggling to, to enjoy themselves out. They, they they have to put across to me like, oh, they feel guilty ordering desserts or say, you know, maybe goujons or something, a, a menu item that might be, say, fried. It seems like they, they can't actually just go out and enjoy themselves. Uh, are they like, they're they're overanalyzing the menu, is it? To, to a point. Um, it's even just that they, they can't be shown to be eating, say, unhealthy foods without actually acknowledging that, oh, they should be feeling guilty about it. You know, it's... Um, yeah, yeah. Do they... I think you're saying it's rare now that someone would order a dessert or a less healthy menu option without a comment that they should be... Like, what What would that be? Like, they, they'll stay away from high-calorie fried food, is it? Even, yeah, do you know, say, like... Um, like we have a lovely, say, uh, chicken wings or something on the menu. They're like, oh, Joe, I probably shouldn't have this now. Or, um, Joe, I'll have to be good now next week. It's like they kind of have to justify that. As if it's a sin and they're they're confessing to a sin, like, 
Whereas they should Almost, just they almost. should just eat it and enjoy it. Yeah, do you know you're out, you're spending money for a nice meal. It's you know, understandably people want to be healthy and stuff, but you know, there's there's nothing wrong with treating yourself to um And do a lot of them are you saying that you see a lot of people not ordering desserts now anymore? Um to uh, people still order desserts, but it's almost like they a lot of people can't order the dessert unless they or justify it to, to their weight or to their weight that, they, that, you're the waiter so. so they'll always make some comment yeah yeah it's um it's it's, it's just interesting Joe, that that it's like Joe, it's like they, they almost have to justify that they deserve the dessert yeah. I, d- is, I, I know yeah. I shouldn't but I deserve it kind <laughs> yeah. of thing and you're thinking well you know, you should, and just it's fine. Enjoy it. Don't just be judgmental yeah, of yeah. yourself. I mean, it wasn't helped at all the other day. Did you see, I don't know whether you saw it, Victoria Beckham, Posh Spice, came out and said that in restaurants she orders steamed veg. And um, yeah. she said in a podcast somewhere that she would order toast with salt on it. Is it any wonder the girl is so, so thin? Yeah, um... I mean, could you imagine the most beautiful menus in the world and somebody would order steamed veg? Yeah, it's like, why, why bother going out if you're, if you're going to do that? Why bother? Um, yeah. I mean, like, it's just mortifying, you know? You would think, God, uh, yeah. woman, there's an entire menu there. You know, you, you, you know, like, for God's sake, surely be to God, there's something in there. Where's the joy in salt on toast? Exactly. Exactly. It's just, if you're going out, I think you should be going out to, to enjoy your meal, not to be, be analysing what totally. you're going to have to do to totally. burn it off. Where, and what, what restaurant are you working in? Uh, the Cormac Shay Hotel. Oh, nice one. Lovely part of the world. A busy summer, yeah. I'd say. Yeah, it's gorgeous down there. Absolutely gorgeous. Ah, yeah. So, yeah. A lot of Cork people were down there over the summer. So well done for looking after them. Off you go. Go to college now. Appreciate you taking the call. Cheers, John. Cheers, thanks, Bye. Take care, my man. All the best. Uh, lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. Back after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Texter says Neil, there is nothing wrong with steamed veg? Question mark. Question mark. No, uh, as such, there isn't. But uh, if you're asking me to be honest and you know speaking personally from the heart I would say as a, as a side order you know it's something that would be a main course that would come with steam veg fair enough but not you going into a restaurant and ordering steam veg or going into a restaurant and ordering toast with salt on it and not when you've got a beautiful menu I mean um, I'm not going to drill into um, uh, Posh Spice's life or whether there's any issues there uh, as to why she orders these kind of things. But uh, And anyway, steamed veg is probably, I would have thought, one of the worst ways to cook veg. I would probably chop the veg reasonably small and either wok it or pan fry it, um, much more tastier and, you know, not overcook it, not oversteam it. And so it was nice and crispy. But I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be going into a restaurant and ordering it as... Um, Ordering it as a, as a main course. Some people actually went into the Raven there recently. Apparently, I know I mentioned it some weeks ago, but the menu in the Raven is rocking, and the Raven is rocking, and they've got a fabulous, fabulous menu in there. And one of the things they have in there, like, obviously they must be doing the regular chicken wings, your buffalo wings and what have you, but they're also doing cauliflower wings. I don't know if you've ever tried them with, with maybe a little bit of heat through them or whatever the case may be, um, but apparently they're gorgeous, which would be the vegetarian cauliflower version 
of the chicken wing. Worth checking out. A uh, lot of text. Text 0868 Pick up the phone at one 106 With regards to my conversation with Anthony yesterday about his beautiful wife, Mary. I'm in the gym listening to that man talking to you, listening in my pods. I had a kidney transplant last December, thanks to the kindness of people like Anthony's wife, Mary. He can't really believe what a difference it's made to my life. I'm sending a huge hug to the man and his family. Well, one of the differences made to your life with the new kidney is that you're in the gym exercising. Brilliant. Another one. I'm bawling listening to this lovely, lovely man. It's the best radio I've heard all week. Just a human love story. He put it in a beautiful way. His Mary is still out there. God bless him and his family. Mary says, I'm bawling listening to Anthony. What a lovely man. And the way he said beautiful things about his late wife. And then... Uh, why does tragedy strike anyone, Neil? That poor man is mourning hard. Yet you go to Mass on Sunday and listen to the priest brainwashing people that it's all part of God's plan. If it is, Neil, God must have some kind of a sick mind. Just walking through Crumlin, uh, through the kids' ward at the moment. Oh, sorry, just walk through Crumlin and the kids' ward to see God's plan. Interesting text. Yes, indeed, you wonder if it's all part of God's plan then why does that plan involve people being taken so young or very, very sick children? There's that and lots more besides. Can I just stay with food, if you don't mind? And uh, I know I was talking about eating disorders earlier on, and I see texts coming in. And if you could share your, your stories, it may help others who are going through issues at the moment with eating disorders, or particularly a son or a daughter, and give advice if you have been through it and come out the other side, perhaps with a loved one. So get in touch, text 0868 or email neil at uh, redfm.ie but on the subject of food I was chatting with Paddy O'Brien earlier in the week about things like gas prices electricity prices and the elderly who are living in fear now of uh, the cold and the winter and increased energy costs and the fact that the fuel allowance isn't high enough and uh, you know that uh, the old age pension isn't enough and we chatted about that and we chatted about food being the thing that suffers with people when energy costs go up because he said that people will spend the money on heat before anything else and it's their food uh, that suffers um, and they go to bed early and they shut down parts of their home that stay cold and they live in one room or they go around or they sit uh, in sleeping bags and things like that awful awful stuff that prompted a call from Hugh German. He's a catering consultant based in, in Carrigaline. He joins me by phone. Hugh, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Fair play to you. You heard Paddy talking and called because uh, you wanted to chat a little bit about tight budgets and planning week's menus for very little money, is it? Well, Neil, basically I got about five minutes of, of um, Paddy, Saint Paddy as we call him. And, <laughs> he is um, a saint, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's a wonderful man. No, um, we, 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 my, my friend and myself, Tom Cleveney, my partner, um, have been putting a package together for quite some time now. It's, it centres around budgeting for people who are very tight on money and it's about budgeting, it's about the whole package. It's about budgeting, planning a menu for the week, being able, uh, uh, introducing food into that um, menu that is affordable within the budget, um, purchasing, cooking, help a hand with cooking. And to, basically, a lot of people are afraid of cooking. We want to take the fear out of it as well, because it, there's no fear to it. Um, but when I heard, I heard uh, Paddy talking about the elderly having problems, now, I can't help them with the gas or the electricity or whatever. But what we can do is we can help them with um, whatever budget they have for food after everything else has been paid, we can help them, hopefully, once once there's sufficient money there, um, to work within that budget. 
Um, and we, I, I, I know that my 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 uh, friend Tom and myself would be delighted to talk to these people. Well, delighted to. To, to Paddy as well. I can know? I can make that happen, and uh, you can liaise with them with regards to some of the menu options and some of the different dishes that can be cooked. You're saying that you can feed people a chicken dinner, Christmas three Christmas people, and you Christmasly. Yeah, you can feed three people a chicken dinner for a fiver. I did email you that. Yeah, the, the, you know, if if you go looking, um, you will find, as they say. And um, what what I made the other night, now, and it just came to mind um, after this, was um, chicken thighs. And you think, well, there's not a lot on them. But you can pick up a kilo of chicken thighs, depending on the size, and there'll be five or six in a pack. Now, two is sufficient for anybody, I'll be honest with you. You can do anything with those. Uh, you can marinate them. And what we do is we roast them off. And then I would make something like um, a vegetable couscous. You don't need a huge amount of veg because you're going to fill it up. Couscous is cheap. You don't even have to cook it. You merely pour boiling stock or water on it. Let it settle. Let it soak up the, the liquid. And, you know, later on you'll fork it out. Then you want to be putting mix- something through that couscous, man, because it's the most tasteless, awful stuff. I mean, you, you want to put some chilies or some onions through it or something anyway. Oh, well, uh, this is my point. I, I would, um, when, when, when I'm, I'm, I pour a stock on it, a chicken stock or something oh, okay. like that. okay, yeah taste initially but then I'd, I'd have loads of bits and bobs sort of your olives and, and, and onions and peppers and chilies and, and raisins anything you can you like you can pop into that into the oven into the microwave heat it up for, for, for a minute or two or whatever and you have a nutritious um, side dish with it you can do veg and everything else if you like do the same thing with rice you see, these are a couple of cheap items, but they're not bad for you, and they do fill you up. So there'd be bags of rice in the house, or bags of couscous in the house, and then actually, it's very interesting because I think I think the most tasteless part of a chicken is the breast, and the tastiest part of the chicken is the thigh. I I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, uh, any meat that's cooked on the bone is going to have much more taste. Um, you can you can braise it. You can make a, a simple tomato sauce. I'm sure I sent you a, a recipe for that. You see, I wonder about that because a lot of the time for busy families, it's about time. There might be time short. It, it's about convenience. It's about price. And clearly it's about cooking knowledge. But they will reach for the Dalmios, won't they? They'll reach for the preservatives and the long life sauces on the shelf for in some cases, like the own brands are 89 cent for a big tub of, of uh, bolognese oh, sauce, for instance. Or something like I mean, that, yeah. How, um, you know, no, why, why would you take that? Why would you leave that on the shelf and instead make your own with tomatoes and tomato puree and the garlic and the herbs and the onions? And Why, why would you bother? Oh, why not? There's a lot of fun in cooking. I tell you, it's a very constructive job. I, uh, I'd say if I hadn't been a chef, I'd have been a, um, a carpenter. You know? <laughs> it's constructive, you know. Um, but I, I, there's, a, there's, there's fun in it. There's, uh, you start with the raw material, you go through the process and you end up with a finished product. And you do the whole thing yourself from start to finish. But do you but see I mean, the point I'm making that it's, it sometimes it's about price? Well, the price, the price, basically, cooking your own is going to be cheaper. No matter what, no matter what supermarket you go into, um, it's you know exactly uh, the products that have gone into this sauce. But it also can be extended over a long period of time. I always have a tomato sauce in my fridge. I'll make it on a Sunday or a Monday, and I'll have a pizza. I'll have uh, baguettes. I will have a sauce for um, a pasta. 
Um, I will braise um, chicken thighs in the oven. You name it. There's so many different things you can do with it. And it's there. I know it's in a jar and it costs 99 cents and everything else, but it's not the real thing. No, it's not and the it's real it's thing. But you see, yeah. you could have very busy families where they're working from early morning, getting the kids up at half six, getting out there they're in traffic. They're at work till half five. They're not home till six, seven o'clock. <sighs> they're exhausted, man. The last thing they want to do. The last thing I want to do is get the pots and pans out, you know. That's why you have. That's why people go for fish fingers and pasta and dalmio sauce and waffles and beans on toast and pizza. It's not right, but unfortunately, it's because they're time conscious and tired. I appreciate that, and there's a, you know a lot of what what we can teach them is based. Do you know what's great these days are tray bakes. It's like something you put together in about five to ten minutes. You can bang it in the fridge and say, right, I'll cook that tomorrow. You have your tomato sauce, you fry up a couple of onions, a few mushrooms, peppers, blah, blah, blah. Throw in, um, you know, some spice or some herbs. Um, brown off your, your, your uh, chicken thighs. Put them into a roasting dish or a Pyrex dish. Cover them with the sauce. Cover that up into the fridge. Leave it there. Tomorrow when you come home from work, you just bang it straight in the oven. Ah, um, you, you might know. even have the old slow cooker on a timer. You'll pop well, it in in the morning and it's ready when you come home at six o'clock. Well, yeah, but this doesn't take long either, you know. But uh, I mean, you can't look at the time something is in the oven as taking up your time. It's not. You can sit down and have your glass of wine and relax while it's in the oven cooking. Yeah, yeah. It takes you 10 minutes to pre- prepare it beforehand. But the thing is, um, it's, it's a lot healthier and it is a lot cheaper. Um, and unfortunately, people aren't looking at the sort of veg we have these days. They're saying, oh, God, carrots are boring and collies boring and everything else. There's a lot of ways of, of tarting them up, making them sexy, you know, um, and, and, and um, encouraging people to eat them. And you are um, what you eat, aren't they? Dr. Mark Hyman there online was saying recently that uh, our diets now are 60% ultra-processed food, mostly from commodity yeah. crops like wheat, corn and soy. And with wheat, corn and soy, you can turn it into hundreds of thousands of food-like products. They're not food, but they're food-like. They're addictive. They're nutrient-depleted foods. They not only make us obese and sick, but they drive us to consume more and more of these food-like substances. And we're missing all of the nutrients we need. I, I couldn't disagree with that. Um, I, uh, processed foods. I mean, if, if, if I have uh, sliced ham in the house, right, I won't buy sliced ham down in, in the supermarket. I'll buy a little piece of bacon. I'll cook that up and I'll slice that up and I'll put it into the portions I want. Say we, we have a, a ham sandwich at lunch. Two of us have the ham sandwich at lunch. I'll put enough away in a little Ziploc bag or whatever into the freezer. I'll take it out when I need it. But they have to add something to that ham, don't they? Uh, preservatives oh. and sugar. Oh, well, it's all brined. Unfortunately, hams nowadays, if, 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 if you look at the large hams, how they're brined, they're, they actually have, have brine injected into them. Oh, they're man. all into a great big, huge um, sort of spin, spin dryer type thing with prongs in it. It goes around and they inject. So the, the, the piece of ham or bacon you're getting in the shop, once that's cooked, it's going to lose quite a bit of weight because you're buying quite a bit of brine. As well as and is that is that having a huge impact then on on I know the body for sure, but is it also having an impact on the brain, particularly the young developing brains of children, if they're eating processed food in huge quantities? I I, I think so because I, I but then I, I I know nothing about that side of things, but I, I can't say see that it's doing them any good. Um, you know, there's an awful lot of salt in, involved. 
There's a lot of sugars involved in an awful lot of things these days. And there's so much healthy food out there if you go looking for it. And it's not that expensive. But you have to do a bit of work. You have to do a bit of research. You know, don't just walk around the, the supermarket and say, right, I need a tin of this and a packet of that and what have you. Have a little look at various things while you go around. Look at the, the, the bargain um, uh, shelves. Yeah. Just some bargains. You know, the and also line. maybe involve the family as well if there's time. Everybody pulls together at dinner time and, you know, put the, put the bloody mobile phone away for 20 minutes. Yeah, well, you see, um, uh, uh, one of the things, Neil, is uh, especially, I, I know you've been talking about college kids and, and, and UCC and what have you, and that would be um, a huge aspect of what we do. But um, a lot of these kids are, are sent out from home to college and out to work, and they haven't a clue how to cook, haven't a clue how to budget. No, and that's why they go for the pasta and the pasta and pot noodle. They just or, or the know. takeaways, yeah. you know? Um, and uh, so that type of food isn't doing them any good. Um, what we would like to do... So I, you could feed a student for three nights for a fiver, and a takeaway would cost them, um, and it's, it's fake food, a lot of it, uh, it could cost yeah. them a tenner or more just for one takeaway. And they're hungry again that's in a few exactly, hours. That's exactly what we can do. But 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 that works for, for the elderly as well as it does for the young. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to hook up with Paddy or at least have a chat with him? Absolutely. Good stuff. I can make that happen. Okay. So, okay. Well, that'd be wonderful, Neil. I'd appreciate that. Not a bother. And maybe you come back and talk again. And if you wanted to help some elderly around the city, organize something with Paddy, that would be fantastic. We can do that. Cheers, um, you. Uh, Neil, before we go, can yeah. I just say one thing? Yeah. Um, yeah, before the 10 o'clock you were talking about eating disorders I'd just like to say that um, uh, to those people out there who are worried about it um, it is a very very worrying thing but anorexia would be very close to my heart because my cousin was buried yesterday and she had suffered most of her life with anorexia oh, um, and that. just basically at the end of the day everything packed up and all the organs packed up yeah yeah Oh, uh, mind you, um, Carly would have been about 60. Yeah. And so that's a long, long time suffering. Okay, well, listen, our thoughts and condolences. So with I just want to say to those people out there, you know, there is hope, you know, Get stay help. positive, Get work help. at it. Um, people are good, you know. Kids, kids are intelligent. And eventually, hopefully, hopefully, they can be helped. Yeah, but there was never more pressure on young people now with regards to eating the right and wrong food. The options well, out there now yeah. are just incredible and they're not healthy options most of the time, my man. Social media doesn't help, does no, it? No, Okay, come yeah, back to yeah. me. It was good to catch up. I enjoyed our chat. Thanks Thank you for much, now. Neil. Thanks a million. Let me just leave you with this for now. Dr. Mark Hyman, you can follow him actually on Instagram. Uh, he's a nutritionist. He's a doctor. He uh, believes in pharmacy with an F-A-R-M as opposed to you know, medicines and pills and potions, you can eat yourself healthy. He says, the facts are in. He says, the science is beyond question now. Sugar, in all its forms, is the root cause of our obesity epidemic. Sugar is most of the chronic diseases sucking the life out of our citizens and our economy and increasingly the rest of the world. You name it, it's caused by sugar. Heart disease, cancer, dementia, type 2 diabetes, depression, acne, infertility and impotence. He says, now, as far as the question is concerned, it's important to take a look at the whole diet instead of just focusing on one ingredient, say you put in your coffee like sugar. Are you consuming sugar throughout the day? What about hidden forms of sugar? The truth is food manufacturers put sugar into everything from ketchup to bread all food products in between. It's often not the little bit of sugar you add to your coffee that's the problem. It's the sugar added to everything by big food that's the problem. 
That's why he talks about fresh, fresh, fresh all of the time uh, and staying away from packets or canned food or anything that would, that's got a got an extended shelf life. Back after the break. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Uh, fair play to you, whoever you are. He says, I just got a slab of the Chester cake off the Chesty ladies in Cove. She's flying it since you spoke to her on air. I'm on the ferry back, Toshe 4. So this person, whomever it is, took the ferry over uh, to Cove um, just to buy the Chesty Lady's Chester cake and brought it back on the ferry. All right, there's commitment for you. Well done. I'm delighted things are going well for them. Um, listen, uh, we also spoke uh, yesterday about referees getting grief on the pitch or from the sidelines. We had an under-12s girls football match at the weekend. The same thing happened. The other team's manager started giving out and cursing at the players and the ref. The referee gave plenty of warnings and in the end he sent off the manager. But the manager had too big an ego and wouldn't leave. So the ref in the end had to abandon the game. Remember now, these were 10, 11 and 12 year old little girls watching all of this unfold. It was unfair for the 40 girls and their parents grandparents and relations who were all there to enjoy the match. Something needs to be done with people like this. These kind of people are usually people who weren't good enough to play themselves and are trying to live their career through their kids. Well, in the case you just mentioned, it was the manager. Uh, so sometimes it is the manager or the coach, coaching staff, but a lot of the time it's the parents who think they have the next Roy Keane on the pitch, you see, or they think they have the next Messi, or they think they have the next Ronaldo, probably the next Roy Keane. Anyway, text on those, text 0868104106. Um, can you please give a shout out to Rosie and Liam who are working in the office at Oliver James in Manchester and listen to you every day. I'm from Cork myself, my name's Liam. And I'm teaching Rosie about how integral your show is to everyone in Cork in the mornings. Well, now I'm also integral to people in Manchester in the mornings, which is great news. Um, Johnny Annoying here, with all the negativity going around. I also know people who never drank, drank, they never smoked, they saved money, they raised their children, they sent them to college. Can they please get a mention on your program for doing the right thing? You're dead right. They deserve it. To all of you in that category, please, would you do me a favour and take a bow. Okay, I'm just conscious of time. Um, a few days back, I was talking to Catherine, and she passed. She was on a provisional licence, many of them, a cocktail and selection of them, a lucky bag of provisional licences for 27 years. And she passed her test on the ninth go. So you should never give up. I was reading something on the papers there online last week of a 91-year-old man uh, <laughs> I, think he climbed, I think he climbed Kilimanjaro at the age of 91 should never give up never give up Colin good morning good morning Neil thanks uh, for having me on again you, this morning how no, are you sorry. you didn't I'm good brother I'm good you didn't give up either no no I didn't no um, I, I came back from the States after living abroad and, and after driving America, on the wrong side driving. of the road Driving on the wrong side of the road, yeah, but the, the test over there is so easy, you know. You do an alcohol awareness test and then um, you do your actual practical test, 25 questions, and then you go and do your actual driving test. The driving test is 10 minutes and that's it. You reverse into the, the driving centre and you pass. It was actually, the driving test itself was easy. But it, I came home to Ireland and I had to do the lessons. I think I I, I done it with um, a guy called Liam Clinton, which is a very good uh, driving instructor in, in Cork there. So and, you um, did the lessons. I, you did the tier, did you do the theory test? I did. Oh, that was a disaster. Dumped a skibbereen for that. Oh, that was so hard. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I passed that. Very nervous, you know. Why? Why? Do you, oh, because you're in Kinsale, if I remember correctly. Yeah, 
that's correct, yeah. So Skibreen is where I done the theory. Don't feel too bad, Pat. I've, I've, I've done it twice online. You're going to the oh. dummy ones. I failed it twice. So don't feel too bad. It's about very that. difficult, it is. And then the driving test itself. I remember you mentioning I went up to do the, the test and the, the, I went out to the car and the lady uh, wouldn't do the test because I didn't have the green slip <laughs> of the insurance just showing. Because uh, they, so they don't I, fit in the pouch. Correct, correct and right, yeah. So I had to retest. So then the test itself, you know, it's 30 minutes. But the reason I, I, I texted the show, I was delighted that the lady passed her test. But if you notice there in the driving centre, if you come out and you take a left down onto towards Wilton, I mean, drive down there today or any day, the road markings are awful. And there's people trying to trying to pass their test. They're trying to, you know, they're nervous in the car. If you go through that roundabout, which everyone goes through towards Wilton, they, all the, the lines are, they're not clear. And then you go up past the Wilton in shopping centre and you go on to that other roundabout, which they'll always take you. So you can't see the lines. And I'm wondering, I wonder why, if it's the major test centre in the south of Ireland, why the lines aren't clear. Okay, so you're you're pitching the idea that the road mark markings or the lack of lines or the fact that they're worn away could be a factor yeah. in people failing, is it? Absolutely, of course. I mean, you follow the line. A guy tells you to get into the right lane and you're looking for the line to go into the lane. So when he says you get into sure. the right lane, you're actually saying uh, in your own head, there's actually no lane markings. Correct. They're worn away on the street and it's the busiest. It is the bus- one of the busiest roads. Even if you turn, when you come out to driving centre, Neil, and you take a left, the stop sign is not clear on the left hand side. When you're turning left or right, the, the, the actual white, the white line is worn away. I don't, I find that amazing. Yeah, but you're in Egypt would know you have to stop. You don't Correct. need a line know, to tell you. Yeah, but you have to stop within a, a couple of feet of the line. You've got to see the line to stop before it. You can't stop on the line. And the, the, the instructor's going to know that. If the line isn't clear, how are you supposed to do it? Maybe this is all one big conspiracy theory. <laughs> I, I don't it's know. Done, it's done intentionally. You know, I, exactly. I know it's, it's a small thing, but when, when the lady is spent so much time trying to pass her test that she did it's great news you know but I just noticed that when I was doing my test I found the lines not very clear on that particular road Did you pass? I passed first time yeah exactly Right and my insurance went from two and a, two and a half thousand to five hundred euros From two and a half thousand down to five hundred Yes yeah. Just because you got the full license? Because I got the full license, yeah. I was quoted, to, a lot of companies wouldn't go near me because I had the American license and they found one in the South Mall to insure me. I was two and a half thousand, which is ridiculous, but I had no choice because I needed a car, you know? Oh my God. But oh as God. soon as I got the, the license, I shopped around and I'm, it's now uh, 500 euros, which is very acceptable. Fair play, delighted. You know that you know the route that they take? When they come out of Sarsfield Road, does the tester yeah. always turn left? Um, yes, as far as I know, yes. yes. Okay. The, the, the driving sort of told me that as well. Exactly, you come back around the other way. So you do all of... Uh, the, where all the sign in is, if you remember, you come back line. that way. So do the, all yeah. of the testers use the same route every time? Give or, give or take, there's five or six routes. And when I was doing my, my last test with Liam, um, he took me to the route that was most likable and he was pretty much spot on. He was. So he was able to give you lessons on the route that you were then tested on? Correct, exactly. That's a great bonus, yeah. isn't it? 
It's fantastic. I mean, like I said, he was great. I have to say he was a very good personality in the car too. He may be relaxed a bit, you know? Yeah. Because, you know, doing your test, is, you are nervous doing it. Simple as that. Oh, for God's sake, without a doubt. Yeah. So yeah. the the test in Cork, how long, you what did you say the American test was? 20 minutes? 10 minutes. 10? 10 minutes. 10 minutes, yeah. I literally left the driving centre, went down um, uh, on one ma- major highway, went to office, he said, what's, what's the speed limit here? You look at 30, 30 miles an hour, 30 kilometres, and you drive on. Back to the centre, reverse into the space, and my test was over. And he said, congratulations, you passed. I was like, that was so easy. The, the hardest part of it was doing the, you have to do a drug and, drug and alcohol awareness test about a month before it. And that's, you have to attend classes, and you pay for it, and you have to pass that test before the actual driving uh, questions, you know? That was, it's hard because it's time consuming, is it? Correct. And it's okay. expensive too. How long, is the cor- how long is the cork test then by comparison to the 10 minute American one? Is it half an hour? Uh, I was in 30 minutes, yeah. 30 okay. minutes. So it's and, a lot more time. You can understand if the, rain is, if the rain is falling, you've got a rainy day, the markings are going to be harder to see, you know? I'd, hate, I'd say it must be awful if somebody goes out on the day of their test and it's bucketing down and it's cloudy. It must be awful. I would, I, w- I would not like that, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay, well, listen, <laughs> yeah. delighted for you. Got it. Well done. And also yeah. your insurance came down by a fifth, which is fantastic. It did. Yeah. It did. And you look, I, I know you're pushed for time there, so I just, just, I just wanted to say, you know, I'm sure that that man that was on the radio yesterday, Anthony, Anthony. And Mary, yeah. I just want to offer my condolences to his family. And as you know, I was on the radio with you in 2017. I yeah. had a very similar uh, experience myself with my wife, Peggy. She passed away suddenly, if you recall, and I yeah. was on your show there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that I think I listened to the interview on the podcast and, uh, you know, the man really uh, spoke from the heart. But I think um, I just want to give credit to you. I think um, you let him tell his story. You didn't interrupt him. And I thought um, his story was beautiful. And I thought you handled it very well. Oh, well, I thank, thank you for that. But I, I'm the, I'm the yeah. listener. It's it's the wonderful people who call in are, are sharing their own stories and life's histories, <laughs> including your good self. Did you find yeah. Did you find that you could relate to much of his emotions and his stories and that um, bond? He, I, he spoke and, and about, he spoke about yeah. Mary, about being, when yeah. the glove fits, you wear it, you yeah. know? Exactly. Listen, you, you don't have to tell me I at all. And he, he said even speaking to you helped speaking about it helps I know it's going to be raw for him because your beautiful wife was 46 wasn't she correct and she had an arrhythmia she passed away suddenly as well but um, yeah you you are correct Neil but um, you know he he, he spoke about time and time is going to be you know time for him is going to be hard you know but I'm seven years in now you are, but yeah, you're doing a great you're doing a great job, Colin, re- rearing your son on behalf of yourself and Peggy. You're very kind to say that, but you know, like I said, if I'm, if you want to share my number with that gentleman, if he ever wants to call, and I can give him maybe if he I, I, he's a stranger to me, but there's a similar um, event in his life, you know. I know he happy to do that. Yeah, Emer's listening well, to I mean, this right now, want, and happy I, to I'm, do that. I'm seven years through it, and you know, there there is like I, I always say to people, the fog lifts. The fog lifts from your brain, you know. But there is, there is a way forward. Gotcha, know? pal. Okay, well, let's make that happen. Um, thank you so much, yeah. Colin. Stay in touch. Cheers. All right. You're very, you're very welcome. All right, we're back after eleven one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text zero eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national, and international news, and you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM.
104 to 106 Red FM. Just briefly, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you on a driving test uh, that made you fail? Or the worst thing that ever happened to you on a driving test and you still passed? Like I see one there saying a child ran out in front of somebody. Others said it was just torrential rain or a car slammed into you or, you know, you had somebody... <laughs> you're, dri- you're driving, you're... T- you're doing your test and you invo- you get involved in road rage with another driver who's blowing you off the road or something mortifying like that. Anyway, text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Pat was saying, actually, just wondering, I have an interesting story or a side story to this. Just wondering, has anyone else noticed a huge change in women's clothing sizes, both in the UK and in European and indeed, we discussed that on the air uh, last week. Shopping recently, I decided on a pair of skinny jeans. I'm a true size 12, so I opted for the medium. Lucky I tried them on, though. Anyone that knows me knows the one thing I have are the skinniest legs on the planet. But lo and behold, I struggled to get my size 6 foot into the jeans. And as I pulled and dragged them to my calves, I had to stop as I felt my circulation was being compromised. <laughs> the assistant was fabulous, very helpful. She did bring me an L which fitted. But we discussed how disheartening disheartening it is for women with average legs that they'd need an L, an XL or an XXL. She's talking about the change in clothing sizes. I ordered another item online and was told by my daughter to get it in a 14, which on this particular side was equal to a European 40. My experience of European 40 is that it's a size 12. Am I missing something or what? There's a lot of people talking about that actually recently. And you know something? I met met the loveliest woman, loveliest lady yesterday uh, when I was inside in town. And she just stopped me. It was a real Cork character. And she said, um, there are no shops in Cork City for anybody over the age of 25, she said, to buy clothes anymore. Absolutely none. She had been traipsing around the shops trying to find something stylish to wear. And she says, there is absolutely nothing. And I said, well, if it's not in the city, would you go to... You know, Douglas, or would you go to Mahan or, or, or Bishopstown or Wilton or, you know, places? No, she said it's the very same. They're just not interested in anybody else. I said, well, I think you're going to have to go and do some online shopping. And she said, I'm learning all about that at the moment. <laughs> we had a lovely chat about it, actually. But she made a point and she said, it's just impossible. Do they think that somebody who's in their 50s or 60s and 70s isn't interested in style or looking well? I thought she looked absolutely fabulous as so she's doing all the right things. But do you see what I mean? That was her point yesterday. I bumped into her on, um, I think it was Cook Street. Oh, and, and incidentally, um, Unida is open again. Now, John Coffey isn't behind the counter. There's another chap there. Could be a family member. I'm not quite 100% sure, but I was in there yesterday. And Unida is open for books and records and CDs and cassettes and videos and all sorts of things. So it's lovely to see the doors open. If you're in the area of Oliver Plunkett Street, pop into you, Nita. It's open again. So lines open at 1850-104-106. You can text 0868-104-106. Um, keep those calls coming, actually, and those texts coming on the uh, disasters you had on a driving test. The actual test itself. Text 0868-104-106. Uh, I heard the story once of somebody who had borrowed a car for the test uh, but hadn't driven it beforehand. So got in with the tester and confused the uh, windscreen wipers with the indicators. Uh, then got into a bit of a flurry and kept on messing with the in, with the windscreen wipers. So they ended up going from fast to faster to very fast while trying to find the indicators. It didn't go down well at all with the tester. Uh, back to the phone lines we go. Actually, not too far from cars, to be honest with you. Alvi, good morning. Good morning. A recent 
headline in the newspapers told us all at the weekends that the government were going to have a war on cars. And that's the budget. My apologies. I think I said it was a Friday. The budget is on a Tuesday. Anyway, you wanted to pick anyway, up on that. Yeah, go ahead. The man in the Green Party, right? Yeah. Hasn't got a clue's iota of what happens in West Cork or anywhere else. He has more people, uh, helpers, than any other minister. Does he have more advisors than any of the others, you're saying, Eamon Ryan? Yes, he has. I wonder how many... He's dozy. I wonder how many advisors he has. I'm not too sure, but I just learned that he had more okay. advisors. So, than am- among the other else. things, of course, that they're interested in is electric cars, and in Eamon Ryan's case, bicycles, right? That wouldn't go down uh, very well in West Cork. Well... I'm a very good postman, and uh, I asked about electric cars going up uh, some of the hills that he has to, and uh, not a hope would it be, right? The electric vehicles carry batteries that are very heavy and destroy tyres and all of that. Somebody was texting me me yesterday saying that one of the big issues going forward will be um, those batteries when they are no longer usable as to um, will they become a blight and, uh, you know, a polluter of the planet, the used batteries. But maybe that's for another day. Well, not for another day. It's correct. And I was looking at something where is by that retreaded tyres are properly done now, are very good and usable. If they're retreaded. Um, you know, when you talk about West Cork, it's all very well to be talking about people with bus services, isn't it? Or train services. Uh, we've got no bus service. Now, let me give you the, 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 late, uh, well, the last time. I went to get, see about getting the bus and train to Dublin. I had a neighbour who was willing to bring me to Clonic Guilty. You won't get I, a train in Clonic Guilty, pal. Not no, anymore. No, no, I know that. But I was then looking to see what time a bus would be available. Yeah. And what time a train would be available. Would the bus connect with the train? Yes. No way. Absolutely. There's no way. So it'd be about five o'clock in the evening I'd get to Dublin. So the point being, people need their petrol and diesel cars, is it? Of course they do. Yeah. Because that Hamadan doesn't live in West Cork. He lives in Sandy Mount. Sandy Mount, lovely place, beautiful place. It has the dark, it has buses, it has the malls. It's easy we for them. nothing. It's easy for them. Try living in West Cork. For a year. And you know yeah, something, oh. have you noticed, because I filled up yesterday on the Douglas Road, petrol unleaded has gone from one... 60 to 163. Yes, no, I, uh, the other thing I heard yesterday was that there's a, uh, a, a fuel card or something you can get to reduce your cost, your fuel. No, I'll have to find you out can get, I think it. my father has one of them. I think you get something, I don't know whether you have to be an OAP for it or not, but I think you can get a, yeah. I think you can join a club or something. Is it Circle Care? So you get maybe a five or a litre. It's okay, isn't it? Well, that, that, that would be great because um, I have 
a, a Jeep, right? And I've got a car Jeep, all right? Is that petrol or diesel? Uh, the car is a, a petrol. It's an actual fact. There's an Alfa Romeo Jeep, would you believe it? There's a what? I had, it's an Alfa Romeo Jeep. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know such a thing existed. But it's for, it actually goes into four-wheel drive and that. <laughs> but the car, the Jeep brings me down to places to fish down in back of beyond, right? Right. So I drop it into low gear and in the I get out of it. Perfect. You could go in no, you could go into the river in the Ralph Romeo and fish out the window kind of thing. You would not. Because you could though. Yeah. Right, right, hold on a second now, my lad. The shallow water. I'm not going to be talking about bringing the alpha into fields, okay. It, it's for the roads, but the Jeep is for the fields. But that fella does not come anyways near coming down here. Yeah, he's going eight. down one road between Lep and Landor and Union Hall. There's an 80 mile per hour, 80 mile kilometre limit. Yeah. That's no way. It'd be big. The max. I nearly got killed on that wall. Anyway, the, I, I listen, mind yourself, will you mind yourself? But the point being here, you have the likes of Leo or indeed any of the other politicians are, in your case, Eamon Ryan, telling us, oh, there's going to be war on the car and the petrol's going to go up even more. There's going to be new taxes. They want everybody in electric cars. They want everybody on trains. Um, that's because they live in, live in suburban Dublin and a million miles. He has eight advisors, incidentally, Alvy. We checked eight Eight, right. Eight, yeah, yeah. Well, now, the Dutch uh, ambassador to Ireland, it took him three different locations to find an electric point that would work. I think it's a bit soon for electric cars, myself. I think it is still a bit Our early electric days. Electric cars are not for us. We want to get the hydrogen cars, right? Okay, well, I might chat with you about that another day. Just before I let you go, there is... Um, a survey out this morning, it's the 20 coolest city districts in the world, right? Mm. Not, not villages now or towns like beautiful Lep or places in West Cork, not even Kinsale or Carrigaline or Balancholic. These would be a cool district in the city, right? And yeah. Cork, Cork, no Cork district makes the top 20. But in the top 20 is a place called Dublin 8 yeah, I, I, well, I don't know what area that covers. No, I'm a Jack Dean, right? Yeah, well, why don't but you I know just, if you're from Dublin? Is it the Liberties? Is it? I, I, I'm unaccustomed to using the, the, the different uh, postal districts, but the even ones are on the south side and the un, uneven ones are on the north side, okay? But somebody said to me that it would be in and around, um, say, for instance, the Liberties area. Somebody texted, um, says it's bras to the edge of the Phoenix Park. It's the yeah. home of the Guinness Storehouse. It has oh, exhibits yeah. in Ireland's, you know, you know, you know about that. It's got the Victorian Prison Museum at Kilmainham Jail. It's got Christchurch right. Christ Church Cathedral and the Liberties. Would, it, would that be the area that Dublin 8 is? Well, no, I'm not going to answer that because I, I, I wouldn't be, I couldn't honestly answer it. But I would say it's a very good area. There's lots of good areas in Dublin. Okay, because we don't make um, it onto the list. And I'm curious from Dublin people as to what makes that area so special. I, I don't know. Um, I, I um, unfortunately lived in Cabin once, right? 
Right. And uh, the the neighbours there called them residents, right? I called them uh, the tenants because they opposed everything. We have lovely, there's a beautiful park in Cabinteely. If you were to go to this park, now, you would see it's the most beautiful part. People drive from everywhere to it. And they wanted to put in one of these sky things in, you know, to bring you around on a sky ride or whatever All they right, call it. okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, the local residents decided, no, not in our park. But it's not their park. It's everybody's Yeah, park. and this would have been great for kids and families. And why did you, you go to West Cork? Fishing. Fishing. What do you and, fish? Is and, it trout or and, something? And, Sam, what do you... And I'll tell you now, when I was driving down the nice road, I could feel the tension relieving my body. You had enough of Dublin, did you? I had a neighbour next to me, living in a cul-de-sac, right? And so, when you'd park uh, nose to the path, that one neighbour came over and says, oh, my wife parks there. Oh, sure, forget about it. I wouldn't hold want on, that. Hold on, you haven't heard the best part of it. Okay. So just to be polite, I moved it to the other side of this driveway. She comes out and says, my sister comes up here on a Sunday <laughs> and she parks there. <laughs> now, the expletives that came out of me are not printable. All right, well, you, you'll get none of that grief in West Cork then. Listen, good. I have the loveliest neighbours in West Cork <laughs> and all over the countryside. And I can tell you, they're, they're up there. They have their little houses and they think, oh, yes, folks, rock. Yes, that's, you know. And uh, folks, they folks. all live. Folks, rock, yes. <laughs> Copenhagen. <laughs> And there's a lovely site there now, be grand for uh, Halton site. There's a couple of sites. There's one the Bank of Ireland own, right? Yeah. And that site would, yeah, because there's buses, and that would make a great um, Halton site. And right. there's another one then on the Clonkey, just Clonkey. And were you suggesting that in that area of Dublin with big residential, they would put a halting site? Is it? You gotta be joking. You know, I'm a Jack Cain, right? Born between the two canals. I'm proud of it. But what's come up there now, they think they want to control the world. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're after, I call them bog bunnies because they're after coming up from the country. <laughs> but so you're a bog bunny, man. You went from Dublin to West Cork. Oh, and I, 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 I tell you something. I used to go down to... Um, Kildare to Sherlockstown to my grand uncle's place down there and the big gentleman he was huge big hands and the gentleness of it and I'd go down when the trash would be on and there was the bow white and he'd say would you like an apple Alvy? I said yeah and he'd put his hand into the hay he'd have one already in there and then later on in the day he'd say would you like a pair, Alvy. I won't. 
and he put his hand in. Mystery, he had them all stashed away. The likes of them will be never seen again. Listen, mind yourself, will you? And good luck with the fishing. I hope they're biting, all right? Cheers. And I'll be talking to you again. All right, so fine. Take care, yourself. Pick up the Bye. phone anytime. See you, Alvi. Take care. It's long. It's long Back after the... Oh, I'll tell you what, I stay with phone lines now and I'll take a break in a minute. Paul, thanks for holding on. Good morning. Can you hear me all right? I can indeed. Yeah. Okay, do you want to pick up on um, Hugh, and right. pa- Hugh and Paddy getting yeah. together with regards to food and that meal ideas it. for the elderly? Yeah, yeah. I, I came on to the conversation, your conversation with you, maybe not at the start. And if the likes of Paddy, you know, um, saying Paddy. Hugh German whatever, is the you know, food I, consultant if he came late, and Paddy O'Brien is the advocate for the yeah. elderly. He was saying that the elderly yeah. are suffering with regards to food because they have to spend too much money on uh, on heat. And, and, it's, and it's a great idea to help them. And I think we should all do it, right? And all I, I just rang your, um, rang your show and I said, look, if the likes of Paddy and you come up with an idea like that, and let's say for argument's sake, they want to sort of, um, Give it, give, give. Uh, you want to give his talk at a, at a community centre or whatever. And if there's elderly people that just can't get there, I'm prepared to offer my services. I'll drive people there. Maybe other people would, you know, would be free and they would drive people there. The most important thing is that if it's run, and I'm not saying it will be or will not, that people get there and, and, and the lack of transport shouldn't be a reason why they can't get there. Yeah, well listen, fair play to you on that. I will be back to you for use of your services and transport if yes. they make something happen I, and I, I appreciate my number. I can leave my number with her. Um, reset your offer. Okay. okay. Cheers. Cheers my Cheers. man. Thanks for that. Text 0868 If it happens, pause on board and that's good too. What is it with the society then where we're talking about feeding people time after time after time? Of course we all know of the fact that Cork Penny Dinners were doing it for so, so long. We know that Vincent and Paul are there to help people with food hampers and everything. We hear of the students in UCC supposedly uh, hungry, so hungry that they're going for food hampers and they're running out of them up in UCC um, and they're paying €600 Euro a month for a room and a house before they even look at uh, buying any kind of food at all. And we're talking about the elderly now worried that with all of the energy increases and the cost of fuel that food is suffering and they're going to bed early. Uh, we just seem to be going from bad to worse. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Can okay, I just stay with this just one or two seconds? Because I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Dublin 8, we know all about it. So what is what gets you into the world's coolest city district? So it would be a district within a city. Now that could be involving like some of the suburbs, for instance. So they're saying that area, Dublin 8, gets into it because it has bric-a-brac shops, street art, markets, homey cafes, fun, food, culture and community. What areas of Cork would have that within the city and just about the suburbs, but no further than that to get into the coolest city districts in the world? I came up with with three of them. Like if they say that a lot of the criteria, the things I mentioned, surely Blackrock Village now would come into that criteria. It's got the market, it's got the restaurants, it's got the gastro pubs, it's got more and more people living there before. If you'd said that about Blackrock Village, no disrespect to them, 10 or 20 years ago, you'd be laughed at, but it's a huge change now. We mentioned St. Luke's as being another one. Even the Marsh area, which is uh, one of the more beautiful parts of the city, being right inside in the city, and around it is all of the, the cafes and the restaurants and the arts and the street art and the culture. So there's three for you anyway, I think. The Marsh... Blackrock Village, St. Luke's. But your thoughts are welcome. Neil, Dublin 8 is the home of national treasures, you see. Gay Byrne and Brendan Grace. Gray, Gay grew up in the tenement buildings there. Somebody else says D, D8, Dublin 8, it has the liberties. It's a dunk, dump. 
Uh, I know the area. Well, I'm not so sure that people from the Liberties would love to hear that it was being regarded as a dump. But Dublin 8 also has Houston Station, the Phoenix Park area of Dublin, and it has been very much regenerated within the last 10 years. Yes, indeed, it was a no-go area for a long time, Neil, due to drugs, alcohol and antisocial behaviour, but that has all changed. Okay, thank you. That's from some dubs who are listening this morning. Text 0868 Just um, with regards to Tuesday's budget, Tuesday the 12th of uh, October, next Tuesday, and what we can expect. They say war on the car, but that's been happening anyway with the cost of petrol and diesel. Vincent, good morning. Good morning. I said one six. I, I, I shouldn't call it a good morning. No. Because it's not a good morning for the country, I think, with the budget coming up. I just came over there now from Douglas, over to the north side. Yeah. And uh, I, I saw petrol gone up to 167, 160, 168 for petrol and 156, 57 for, for diesel. That's number one. Hang on so a second. Number- I got petrol and diesel. I got petrol yesterday on the Douglas Road for 163. Are you saying that overnight it's gone up to 168? Oh, it's gone up again, yeah. It's gone up overnight again. Do you I remember? About it. Do you I remember? I it twice this morning. What, like- and that's only one. That'll go up again. It's Tuesday. Well, that's okay. That's number one. Yeah. yeah. Now, I was trying to pay my property tax yesterday and the day before because I paid to my... To over the phone over the years I spent an hour on Tuesday on the phone and couldn't speak to anybody I spent an hour on the phone yesterday and eventually I got on to somebody I was passed from Dublin by somebody calling out press this press that why did you need to talk to anybody because I wanted to pay my bill ok how did you know the property the local property tax they've gone up haven't they I've gone up I tell you I know good one I went past from Dublin to Ennis to Limerick back to Dublin back to Ennis again and she passed me back to Limerick again and I got to talk to somebody to pay my bill and my bill was 315 with uh, 213 and it's gone up to 338 and I said why is it gone up I said so the year isn't finished yet 221 isn't finished oh she said your compilation put it up Mickey Martin's brother put it up a few months ago Mickey Martin's brother, imagine. She was flabbergasted when I said that to her, that the Taoiseach's brother put up 9%. So I had to pay 338 yesterday. Now that's going to go up again next Tuesday. And you have carbon tax going up on Tuesday. Now, I look after a few old widows. I call them now and again. And that's where I'm going out to call them one, actually. Yeah. You know, And they just cannot pay it. The people are, are turning off the heat turning off this, turning off that. They just can't pay it. There should be no property tax for the old people or for the poor people. It should be cut out. I, I hope the water people that started the water uh, thing a few years ago got everybody out in the street. They should bring the people out in the street again for the property tax. Because you're not just talking about diesel or, or unleaded. You're also talking about home heating oil, gas and everything. the cost of unit of electricity, you see. Everything, everything going up, electricity, gas. You know, and I noticed here now last year, I, I, I was querying things. Uh, for the gas alone, I'm paying um, uh, a standing charge of 110.93. And for electricity, the standing charge was 181.27. That's nearly 300 euros before you, before you switch on anything. Whatever the hell standing charges are, they have nothing to do Nobody with the amount it. of, of and then you, and then you put, energy you put, ex, you put that in that. I paid 97.74 of that on, on top of that. And is all of that out of an old age pension? 
That's right. Out of knowledge, pension. I mean, they, they, they just can't pay it. I know some of the poor people, and they just can't pay it. I can pay it. I'm I, I'm okay for the moment, thank yeah, God. Yeah. My wife and myself. But I mean, I'm coming across these people. They're, I mean, as I said to you... You're, and how are they suffering? Are they cold? Are they hungry? Are they going to bed early, as Paddy is suggesting? They are, they are going to bed, you know. They are going to bed early, you know. They must go to bed early. They can't turn it on. How, could they, how, could they, how can they pay for it, like? But these fellas don't give a damn. They come down. They come down to to, to cock the other day. Mickey Martin brought them all down to to show off the, the shaky bridge. A fourth opportunity. That's all they bloody well doing. The whole lot of them. And I mean, as for that Green Party, they have the country ruled like with taxes, with the carbon tax, carbon tax, carbon tax. You know something? Uh, if you ever want to see how much they love the cameras, today is a great example of it because I go through seven newspapers a morning here, uh, and I've ne- I have never seen so many politicians in photo ops in the papers this morning they're all over the place today is a particularly busy one I have to say and what are the Green Party doing? they're doing nothing all they're talking about is carbon tax the quicker we get rid of this government the better and pulling Sinn Féin if we only got Sinn Féin for six months to do away with the property tax and all the expenses all these fellows are getting above in Dublin yeah but look I mean, it's all very well to be a hurler on the ditch like Sinn Féin promising all of these things they'll make it all better but they have the same amount of money to play with as Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. How are they going to make it better? Well, we have to give somebody else a chance. It's a chance. It's we a have chance. to give them a chance. Even if there's only 12 months to see what they could do. But this crowd, they're the taxes, taxes, taxes on the people. No wonder they're drawing so much money. They said yesterday, the money well, they're drawing is a way up, to, up, up in the billions. You know, and what are they doing? That's all we do. We'll we pay our bills pay for themselves, give themselves 10,000, they give themselves, and know the next and, yeah, and then they can find 185 billion for road and rail networks and then they probably yeah. will have to find more because James O'Connor says he's going to quit Fianna Fáil if he doesn't get the bypass for Ca- Ca- yeah, Castle yeah, Martyr. Right, but you take Mickey Martin's brother in the corporation. You know? The next thing they're looking for, they're looking for it already. 8,000 of an increase on the, in what they're drawing, 17... Some of them are drawn 50,000 a year. Uh, they're not. What? They're not. Councillor wouldn't be making that. What did they do? What, uh, what did they do in the last 18 months? Uh, even in the doll? There was nobody there. Yeah, but I bet and you they still drew paid. their expenses, though, even though they weren't in doll era, and I can guarantee That's you right. their, their own vouched yeah. expenses. Yeah. And the same, the same with the Senate crowd, the senators. They all got paid and got their expenses for what? They were, they were doing nothing for the last 18 months. All right, my man, let's get some more thoughts and opinions. Uh, fair play to you for visiting elderly people like your good self that might be alone. That's a lovely thing to do. Well done. God bless you. Cheers, man. Take care. Thanks, God Vincent. Text 0868104106. Um, and not, not unrelated to this, incidentally. I'm working at home since mid-March 2020. Our industry is in e-commerce and has benefited the most in the pandemic and has lined our employers' pockets. Yet we have no contribution working from home to our electricity or our broadband. Employers need to step up more as many businesses have been kept afloat by their employees, yet employees do not get any recognition. You know, there's a glaring error here and it's a misjustice really if um, employers who have done really well, really well with regards to their profits um, through COVID and if they've seen them go up or even they've maintained them at what they were, 
Um, I think it's very, very unfair on uh, employees who are working from home at added expenses that the employers don't divvy up. I just, I just think it's wrong, particularly ones that have done really well over and that and, and e-commerce apparently has. Um, anyway, that and lots more besides text 0868104106. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850-104-106. And you can also email your stories to neil at uh, redfm.ie. Good morning. In regards to your recent programs on the CUMH and visiting times and access to partners, my daughter gave birth three weeks ago. Her partner died suddenly during her pregnancy and the hospital were amazing to her. During her labour, I was her birthing partner. This is ma'am. Ma'am is the birthing partner. And she wasn't left alone at any point during the labour. If any member of staff entered the room, they were made aware of her circumstances. We knew her labour was going to be very emotional. I was allowed to stay. I was allowed to visit at any point. I only stayed longer the first night to support her as I didn't want to take advantage. I now have a beautiful new granddaughter and my daughter is doing a wonderful job as a new mum. Thanks for that. That must have been a hard text to write, but I do appreciate it. Misfortunate daughter whose partner died during her pregnancy. Uh, I had my baby on September 20th and he ended up in Neo. So my husband could only see him in Neo when I went back upstairs. One day I met him by the stairs down to Neo and the security guard told us to move. We can't talk even though our baby was in Neo. Thank God all is okay with them now. Uh, move along like security guard telling you. Move along, can't have two of you there. They're fabulous in the ICU. My friend's husband had an abscess rupture under a tooth. He went from the dentist to the doctor who sent him to CUH. When he went to CUH last Tuesday, he was put on a ventilator in ICU. I can tell you it was touch and go if he would recover. Thankfully, he woke and the ventilator was removed on Monday evening. But the staff in ICU... Fabulous. Um, so that's a lot of compliments over the past couple of days for frontline workers in the uh, CUH and indeed, in fairness, in the CUMH. Mind you, uh, you talk about people getting bonuses because of COVID. Did all of the nurses face the same pressure during COVID, says a listener. My understanding is that it's only those working on the COVID wards were the ones that were under any real pressure. The other departments had their hands hanging during that time as all appointments and all non-essential surgery was cancelled. Texter wondering, uh, should it be all frontline or just those who are working in COVID wards? Somebody else says, I don't think you can allow wild statements regarding the medical care and staff like one of your callers made. There's no balance whatsoever. And certainly that man shouldn't be using Australia as a model of healthcare given the current COVID situation there. Thanks for that text. I actually made that point on the air until I got uh, Emer. Actually, Emer then sent me the comparable statistics. If you compare Ireland to Australia, population-wise, the amount of COVID deaths, the amount of positive cases per head of capita, uh, Australia did a much, much better job than us with regards to keeping people alive. Mind you, they didn't do as good a job with regards to rolling out the vaccine, but that's a different story. I was in the CUH about three years ago with an injury. I was in uh, severe pain from an operation and I suffered mental health issues. They knew all of this, but still tried to push me out the door as quick as they could. It is an experience I will never forget. And just one more, DJ and West Cork says, if you're caught speeding in the morning, you'll pay a fine. You'll pay it. Red FM won't pay it. You'll pay it. But if doctors make wrong decisions and a patient dies... The hospital will apologise and that's it. Saying sorry happens in this country far too often. It's a joke. Everybody should be held accountable. Gardaí, 
teachers, nurses, TDs. The sooner that happens, all cover-ups will stop, says DJ in West Cork. I think that if the doctor or the surgeon makes a mistake, the hospital apologise and also pays damages. I mean, but if you're suggesting that the surgeon should apologise and pay the damages, you'll never get a surgeon to operate in Ireland if that was the case, ever. You just won't. So thank you for those, and there's many more which I'll come back to. Keep them coming, text 0868104106. Helen, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm mad keen to hear of your driving test experience. <laughs> the good, the bad, and the funny. Go ahead. Um, I did I did my driving test there. It's, it's well over nearly, thir- well, I suppose nearly 30 years ago now, but I did it below in Dungarvan. And uh, like that now, um, I got, no, he was a heavy man, very heavy man. It was a small Peugeot 206, I think it was. The tester um, was heavy, is it? The test was heavy, I suppose. I was two at the time, like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, every time, like, we sat into the car and we do the test, but every time, it was a small car, like, and he was a heavy man, but every time I went to change the gears, it was rubbing off his leg. <laughs> <laughs> and then when I went to take off up a hill, the brakes used to stick in the car. So, like, no matter whether you use the handbrake or not, the brakes were sticking, so I was able to take off, not a bother, like. But, um... I, it was a day of our, my husband, myself, my husband's anniversary as well, but um, I said, you know what, Neil, at the end of the day, I said it was a thrill of my hand rubbing him up. <laughs> and <laughs> you were changing gears a lot more than you should have just to rub his leg, oh is it? Oh my God, I was constantly in first and second. <laughs> why, and if your leg, if your, if your hand and the gear stick was rubbing off his leg, why didn't he move his leg? He couldn't, is it? Well, he was getting a thrill out of it, I thought. <laughs> I'm not recommending that anybody should do that with the tester, incidentally, Helen. <laughs> well, when I did, he was doing it for me, like, I don't know what to do, it was he who was getting the trill out of it, not me. <laughs> and, and you passed, did you? Oh, I passed, not a bother. He was a bit stuttery as well, so I'd say that was, maybe that was the reason as well. He was an excitable, stuttery, large tester. <laughs> oh, he was, very, like, he was very, very excitable. <laughs> I'll say no more about that. All right. Good luck. Well done. Cheers. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Thanks a lot. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. If you have any crazy stories with regards to passing the test or failing the test, uh, then do get in touch. The tester, uh, actually, I didn't click my seatbelt properly and had to hold it with my arm to stop it sliding up. Nerve wracking, but I passed. <laughs> You're lucky. I mean. I won't even go there. I mean, you could have just said, listen, uh, I didn't click the seatbelt. I've been driving without the seatbelt on. Probably best not to say that you'll fail. When I was doing my test 22 years ago, I was in my car around lunchtime. Uh, when I stopped, my brother came to the window talking. He wouldn't leave for about 10 minutes as he'd had a few pints in him. It killed 10 minutes of the test and I still passed. The driving instructor, actually it was the tester, not the instructor. The tester just laughed at it. Could you imagine that? Um, Doing your test, um, and in the middle of the test, your drunken brother comes up to the window, maybe, at traffic lights. Uh, My driving test experience was the tester's words were, there's no need for you to talk. I'll give you instructions where to go. I found it so abrupt. I said, I'm failed here anyway, so I just went through the motions. But I actually passed. Driving testers say that a lot. You know, I will tell you what to do. There can be almost a very sergeant majory about it, I think, a lot of them. Maybe that's changed. It used to be that way anyway. Anyway, lines open at 1850-104-106. I'm conscious of calls here. Jean, good morning. 
Morning, how are you? Um, we, we all know that the property tax, the local property tax has been uh, adjusted now and we've all been getting bills. Uh, my, mine went yeah. up. Did yours go up? No, I got my uh, notification last week and I rang revenue on Friday morning about 10 o'clock. Now, I had the phone number for the property tax place and I got through in five minutes and the girl I spoke to, Anya, was lovely. And she said, I just gave her the last house sold on my estate. All right. Okay. Did you not get a bill estimating at first, though? No, no. I got my telling me what my property tax was last year was 539. Yeah. And I said to her, and then she said to me, well, your property tax for this year will be 445 euro. Came down. And I said to her, but I paid 539 last year. And she said, yes, but all the property taxes coming down with the exception of a few. And who would the few be? People who had very expensive houses that were undervalued, is it? I think so. I didn't ask, but I presume that uh, because people undervalued their houses probably in 2014 or whenever it was brought in. And but she just... said that, and she said, hopefully it will come down again next year. Okay. But she said, you just ring us when, you know, when we get the notification. Okay, so she said to you that in the vast majority of cases, with only a few exceptions, people's LPC, their local property tax, LPT, will come down. She did. Well, good for you, and that's a nice, I mean, and listen. I actually was thrilled because the day before I had to renew my house insurance and the girl there, without me querying it, said to me, oh, we're giving you, we're taking 50 euro off that. Oh, you're having a good week. The, the only thing I will say to you is that you shouldn't have to pay local property tax at all, nor should you have to pay universal social charges. They're awful taxes and they're very unfair. Yeah, but I don't mind paying it. Okay, you want to pay mine? I'm old. I am old, so I don't mind, you know, it's just one of those things. I mean, we lived in Minute many, many years ago in the 70s, and we paid water there because it was part of the Kildare County Council. So we paid water and refuse that time. I don't think you should have to pay for your refuse being collected. I don't think you should have to pay for water. I don't think you should have to pay local property taxes. And I don't think that we should be paying a universal social charge. I believe that we pay enough taxation all through our lives for those things to be provided for. There is no reason why you'd be paying those things when Eamon Ryan has eight advisors and some of those eight advisors are earning a hundred grand a year. I just don't think it's right. Yeah. Well, my son lives in England and he says we're getting away with murder. Why? Because they have paid more. He pays huge uh, taxes and he pays the NHS everybody. People say, oh, it's free over there. He said he's paying a thousand pounds a month towards that from his wages. Uh, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. But healthcare is freer in the UK than it is here. Doctors' visits are free. Prescriptions are free. We pay for everybody. Yeah, not for everybody. Okay. Um, Well, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that up to date as to as to who's precluded from it. But I know that they have a much more generous, like like. You know this universal social charge? You're a pensioner, so you don't probably pay this. Yeah, but I do, actually, yeah. Do you? Okay. Well, do, yeah. that could be as much as 7% extra tax. Universal yeah. social charges. And yeah. there is nothing universal about it. It's only Ireland. Yeah. 
They call it yeah. universal, but it's only an Irish tax. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it strikes me as very unfair on people. Well, you know? yeah, it is, I suppose, because my late husband now, he passed away in two, seven years ago, and I'm still paying that, but he had a very, very small pension, and I paid that. It's deducted from mine about... I can't even remember what it is. No, I, it's slow anyway, you know? It's just that... We, you, we don't seem to get any anything that we are entitled to by way of paying taxation. Everything is extra. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know, yeah. And I, and I for Still, one, I, I'm just fed up of it. Yeah. I'm more fed up of it now with energy costs going up and having to live in a climate yeah, like this. Yeah, but the where energy costs going up, that's worldwide. I, I know that, but it comes at the same yeah. time as everything else. You know, we're going to be getting yeah. more carbon taxes. We're going, it's, it's just more and more taxation. I just... yeah. I think there's fierce waste in this country and fierce taxation. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But you're happy enough to pay away, so Well, I go. don't, yeah, because I always think, you know, we could be dead tomorrow and there's no point in, you know, getting ourselves excited about okay, it. Okay, thank you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I won't get excited. Bye. Right. You're calming me down, Jean. Thank you for that. All right, cheers. Okay, bye. All the best, okay, all the best. You. Take care. Sinead, good morning. How are you, Neil? I say you're, last, you're my last call this morning. So, you, what did you wake up to this morning? Do I like to zoom? You've seen the video anyway, first and foremost. La, I think they're sending it to me, so just chat to me about it until I do see it. Well, yeah, I was getting up this morning, as I usually do every morning, for a walk at 6 a.m. I came down my, I came out of my house, and I've seen a lot of plastic bags lined out. Oh, my God, I'm looking at it now. There's rakes of plastic bags. Yeah, it looks like... They were, oh, they were well situated anyway, wherever, whoever they were. But they left all that filth behind them, which I don't think is right, Neil, at all. Just describe the contents of what look like ma- medicinal or pharmacy bags. What are they? Exactly. Use heroin bags, use needles, condoms, saline water, spoons... Uh, boxes that they should have used to put the dirty needles into that they didn't. They'd rather just throw them all over the steps. Uh, all that kind of stuff. All the stuff you get from the chemist bags there, you know, that they hand out to them. Yeah, but they're they're handing them out surely for methadone, are they? But they're handing them out for heroin use is what they, they are. So they're using the heroin. They, they're meant to use the heroin pri- privately and discreetly and dispose of their stuff properly, which obviously you can see by the video they didn't do. So, so allocated pharmacies are are handing out um, pharmacy bags for heroin users, which would have the needles and the saline and the swabs and the exactly, and the syringes, That's, and they make give sure them, that they're using properly. And they give them condoms as well, do they? Condoms as well, yeah. Okay, so they get this DIY kit to take away with them. DIY kit, exactly. There's a lot of DIY kits outside your front door. In that video, yeah, sure is Neil. And I'll be honest, which isn't the first time that it's after happening. So do you have to clean? Do you have to clean I, I that up? I've reported this to the city council on numerous occasions, and I've heard nothing back. Every every apartment up here have a gate at the end of their steps, except for me. They've refused to give me a bit of gate for years and years because they say it's a fire exit because there's only one way in and one way out, which I can't understand that when everybody else has. Okay, them. so someone someone's going up or down from where you live, an adult or a child going to school, they would have to kick that they'd those. Have, they'd back. Kick that up straight away. If my nieces and nephews were here this morning. The first thing they'd have done is pick that up out of curiosity. And I can't actually see, but are there used needles as well? Yeah, yeah. There was four needles there, all together needle, and three of them were used. Unbelievable, isn't it? Unbelievable. What about what about if there was an injection centre? They wouldn't be they wouldn't be around yeah. you. 
They wouldn't be around at all at all. That's the, that's the thing. They're encouraging injection centres, but there's no one doing nothing about it. And then they're just leaving them do the hell what they like. It's, a, it's just all wrong. It's terrible that you have to it live like that. It is all wrong. It is all wrong. You're paying rent to live in that fucking squalor. God, forgive my language. You're all right. Okay. Okay. Thanks for sharing the video. Can we share that? We can. I, I, I wish you do, Neil, please. All right, girl. Thanks, Sinead. Take care. Just one or two final points before I leave. Tim said to me, driving an electric car myself for the moment, it's... Uh, it's a must, but the must, he loves it, loves the electric cars. But the annoying thing is that petrol cars are parking in electric car spaces in car parks. Would you please ask people to consider where they park in car parks? It would be the equivalent to me blocking them at the petrol pumps. Apparently in petrol cars and diesel cars, they're parking in car parks where the electric cars park to charge up. That's the latest thing. So thanks for that, Tim. Tomorrow, among other things, we'll be looking for Cork's funniest ringtones or indeed best voicemail messages. We should have some prizes for the best one. So we want you to WhatsApp us a recording of your own voicemail, your own message, or your hilarious ringtone. You can WhatsApp the recording to 086-8104-106 because people have some wacky ringtones out there. I mean, we all remember way back in the day. I mean, even playing it again gives me shivers. Remember that? That was the original Nokia ringtone. Kind of moved on then to things like this. Imagine having that like, as a ringtone. Imagine having that. All right, I get it, I get it, I get it. Anybody taking you serious with a ringtone like that? So there's all that and lots more besides. So WhatsApp the recordings 0868 104 106. And many queries still coming in for chesty ladies. Where can we get the chesty ladies Chester cake in Coveneal, says Stephen? The answer to that question is it can be purchased at Rambler's Coffee Shop on Saturdays and Sundays. And you can also Google and Instagram search for chesty ladies Chester cake. And it's well worth the experience. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. Sorry for anybody who didn't get on the air this morning. We'll pick it up in the morning. My apologies for that. But one fast shout out to Kevin and Yvonne and all of the staff of, uh, it's great to see businesses coming back and, re- and you know, opening again after uh, what Kevin calls a long COVID layoff. And that's the good people at Naturally Nourished. And they're open. They open again on Monday morning, just gone. Back open in Citygate and Maham Point after the long COVID layoff of over a year and he's saying to me that hopefully the offices will be busy and the public will be back supporting Cork businesses and they open on Monday uh, at 8am and I think I might actually get some vouchers from Naturally Nourished to give away we might even use those vouchers for our uh, funniest ringtone or phone message anyway good luck to you Kevin and Yvonne and everybody delighted that you're back it was a long time shut stay listening uh, after uh, midday for Phil Burke our lines will stay open on 0868104106 have a good day I'll see you tomorrow Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.